In this week's episode of Jedi Business, we decided to talk about some prequels with Jessica McNair and Curry Morris. I just wanted to let you know that I accidentally started recording the Zoom call a few minutes late, so that's why we're just jumping straight in. I hope you all enjoy it. Easy. Jedi Business. Go back to your drinks. I just grew up watching Star Wars, and I remember playing with lightsabers and stuff with all my boy cousins and <laughs> just kind of like getting into it that way. Um, and then I've just loved it ever since then. Um, I don't know. I just, I love the meanings behind Star Wars and how that is powerful to not just kids, but even to us, like as adults, it's still a really good reminder of different things. So, and now I just have outed myself as a Star Wars nerd. So it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) When we started the podcast, like I have, I, it's so funny. Like now when I'm like at the church or at wherever, like people that know me are just like, so what do you think about this Star Wars thing? Like, yeah. like they just assume that's the only thing I like anymore. Yeah. So, which, yeah, I, I mean, they're not totally off, but <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's all that's you awesome. watch now. <laughs> yeah. I have people that are like, I don't want to talk to you about it. You know more than me. I'm like, I probably don't, but okay. <laughs> I don't. I just love it more than you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. The other, I don't know. The other day, someone at work was like, was like, don't hate me. I've never seen any Star Wars. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. I mean, like, of course I wish that you had, but like, I grew up with it. Not everyone did, you know, like, and she was just like, oh, thanks for not chastising me. I was like, of course. If anything, I'm envious of you that you get to watch Star Wars for the first time still, if you want to. Yeah. I would be like, are you American? You haven't seen Star Wars? (laughs) What is wrong with you? <laughs> Growing up, I was like, if you haven't seen Star Wars or Indiana Jones, you, you can't be American. <laughs> Good thing I can be American then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not saying I think that now, but the actual citizenship <laughs> test. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and Jessica, before we move on to Curry, are you what would you say like you know, for me, I grew up on the original trilogy the most. Mm-hmm. I I have a lot of love for the prequels, but I had to like kind of uh, earn it back a little bit because I had to like kind of work to love it again after a while, but I actually genuinely can say I do, but I would, I would consider myself an original trilogy baby or whatever, but what's, what sequel, or I'm sorry, what uh, trilogy kind of speaks to you the most? What is your, what is your, what do you identify as your favorite? That's a hard one because <laughs> I really like. I didn't all of prepare them. you for that but one. The, yeah, that's okay. Um, I would say the original is still probably, I, if I had to pick, would be my favorite, just because yeah. I don't know. It's so nostalgic and it has all the feels, and it's what I watched first. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and it's where it all started. So yeah. I would, I would pick that. Yeah, for sure. Agree. At least you didn't give me the answer of like, well, actually, I think the best trilogy is Solo, Rogue One, A New Hope. It's like, I'm always Get like, out of here. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're Great just movies, to- but why? <laughs> yeah. Show up in the comments now, like, I think that's right. <laughs> actually, actually there's a point. That's my favorite. Oh <laughs> uh, goodness, Curry. What about you, man? What's your relationship with Star Wars? Man, oh. 
I grew up on Star Wars. I've always been a man of culture, a man of <laughs> Um, But Star Wars has been around for as long as I can remember. My parents also saw the movies in theaters, um, grew up on the original trilogy. I was born in 93. So watch the original trilogy like so early in my life. I don't even like remember the first time because they were just a yeah. part of, like growing up. Um, yeah. I was, uh, I think I was five or six when Phantom Menace came out. And so the prequels were also just ingrained in my love of Star Wars. Um, I remember getting the Darth Maul lightsaber for Christmas in 1999 and yes. starting lightsaber battles uh, with all my friends. And then like that continued throughout the prequels. And then like at one point, like around the time of Revenge of the Sith, we had a neighborhood war. Like there was factions of people <laughs> with like different lightsabers. Like, we assigned roles. Like it was yes. nuts. And like all the tie-in material, like the video games made me love it even more. Um, not so much the books yes. because I was just younger. Um, so just always been an avid movie fan. Yeah, reading was and, for dweebs. <laughs> yeah. uh, back then anyway, I love it now. All right, I know. And I have the time to make myself do it. But uh, all that being said, you know, in the past couple of years, I, I think my my passion for it waned a little bit. People would like say, well, Curry's this huge Star Wars fan. I'm like, not as much as I used to be. But mm-hmm. in the last like year or two, I've been like, no, they're right. Like it may have waned, but I've rediscovered that passion. And as yeah. you can see, maybe I'm on the shelf back here. I've got a Darth Vader bank. It's one of those like electronic ones. It's like a- Nice. And beside That's- it for, I don't know if it was a birthday gift. It was a gift at some point. It's actually a framed film cell from the Phantom Menace. That's awesome. Oh, like one, one from one of the prints. Yeah. So, wow, that's I, amazing. I should have pulled them out, but I've got a closet full of lightsabers. Um, I'm a videographer, and I used to make short films with all my friends. That's awesome. I've been using a bit of this, but we always use uh, lightsabers as props. It became like a recurring joke. I would always kind of like have a Star Wars <laughs> reference, or like if what? we needed something with swords, like for a school project or like a video we were doing for English, <laughs> we would use lightsabers. So Star Wars has kind of been like an old friend to me. I, <laughs> I love that. I mean, whatever works, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> From an old friend. Uh, yes, yes. And what trilogy would you say is your trilogy? Oh. Uh, because I know you're, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to give away your favorite, hmm. your favorite well, movie. But uh, is that your favorite trilogy, though? See, I think the prequel era is probably my favorite era in terms of like the world and lore. That's um, fair. But I, I'm going to have to go with uh, <laughs> I threw me off. Jonathan again. Sorry, I'm using his iPad. So it's just easier. <laughs> the original trilogy started it all. It's still mm-hmm. like, if you take away any other Star Wars, the original trilogy still stands on its own. Mm. Um, I think everything else is built around it. So I'd have to go with that, but I have a deep love and admiration for the prequels like a lot of people because I grew up with them. I remember seeing them in the theaters. Phantom Menace is mm-hmm. one of my earliest theater memories. Yeah. The only Star Wars movie I saw in the theater before that, I think was the Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. special edition when they re-released them. Mm-hmm. I barely remember that. Um, so I'm going to go original trilogy. Um, nice. I have to bring it out every stream at some point. I have that too, but it's upstairs. All my Star Wars <laughs> stuff is in another room, so oh, you, you should just have get filmed there. Yeah. Well, I'm getting I'm getting a room that's going to be like my office and stuff. So nice. Um, it will have lots of Star Wars things. My 
uh, Soka lightsabers will be displayed in there and all the good stuff. Yes. So. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to post a picture of that room in the group once it's done. Oh, yeah, I for will real. for sure. Okay, good. For sure. Very intrigued. <laughs> awesome. So hey chat, I see we got a few more people in there. If you are here, let us know that you're here. And also, why don't you go ahead and let us know what your favorite prequel movie is? Just cause. Cause I want to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, okay, so why what do you say we dive into this, y'all? Let's do it. I'm down. Yeah. So the okay, so the Phantom Menace came out in 1999, I believe, if I'm correct about that. That's and correct. I was 10. Same. Yes, we were the same age. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Graduated. Am, am I the young one here? Am I the young buck? Actually, Ben, Oops. how old are you, Kurt? I'm no. I'm 27. Yeah, Ben's the young one. Ben's I'm 26. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Just by a little bit. I was like, am I not the young buck? Oh. <laughs> I was like, I always feel like the young buck. <laughs> sure. I'm used to that title, so yeah. But I think you're the only one with a kid. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. the new development. So. Uh, I have a dog. It's the same thing. Oh yeah, we do too. We so do sorry. too. Two dogs that are not in here. I just love to make people mad. <laughs> they want to be on the stream really bad. I'm sure because they've been at the door a couple times. Hey, <laughs> bring them on. <laughs> people <laughs> love dogs. Um, so yeah, the. It came out when when I was 10, and I remember seeing it and just absolutely being just completely in love with it. And it was only later when I got older that I became silly and snobby about things. Um, When it was fashionable to hate on the prequels, you know? And so my relationship with the prequels is pretty pretty interesting because I did even just until the last, like, until like two years ago, probably, I did not like, I was like, that's that, that's that trilogy I never watch and we don't speak of it because it's dumb. But um, thankfully, uh, with many conversations about it with Ben and, uh, and people also in the, in the group and then just kind of rewatching them and with the Clone Wars really helping me as well, um, contextualizing everything even more. I have grown to genuinely love a lot of things about them, even though Attack of the Clones is still one of my least favorite Star Wars movies. Um, The Phantom Menace has steadily risen up to my number seven uh, on my list out of all of them. And it used to be down at the bottom as well. Um, And then Revenge of the Sith is a top five. So like it's, I think it's my number five, if I'm not mistaken. And so it's uh, it's it's not going to get to number one, and un- unless something makes me dislike the ones above it, <laughs> which I hope doesn't happen. But unless Luke somehow appears in it at some point, <laughs> yeah, uh, wait, he is in it. Oh my he gosh! <laughs> Never mind, it's my favorite. Not my Never Luke. Mind. Oh god. <laughs> How long can we go before a sequel trilogy comment comes up? Oh, God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, not long now. You set it up. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so I would say my relationship has been complicated with the prequels. But overall, I genuinely enjoy the prequels now. Um, I, <laughs> but <laughs> that said, I was, telling, I was telling them earlier, I tried to watch Attack of the Clones last night. And the last two times I've watched it, I fell asleep. I could, I haven't been able the second, <laughs> the second, uh, the second act of the, of Attack of the Clones is really 
kind of a slog a little bit. And so I always fall asleep in that act at some point. So in the chat, Josh Mesker says, y'all drunk. And I got to say, no, we're not. I am drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're just talking about the prequels. What about you, bro? Um, so Ali says, <laughs> Ali says the OG, I'm like, I guess you mean the original trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you, you like the originals. Yeah. Awesome. And then she also says, yes, the Clone Wars redeemed the prequels for me too. It really did have a lot to do with my love for the prequels now. Like it really, it really helped me see the, the, the buildup of Anakin. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. uh, turning to the dark side. And I, I just, I love it so much just seeing these little tiny choices he makes throughout throughout and then his relationship with Ahsoka also really helps with that a lot and so yeah what about you guys so like what do the what whenever you think about the prequel trilogy what does it mean to you like what is your relationship with that trilogy specifically uh let's go let's go curry first okay well first off I want to say Michael I think you fall asleep in Attack of Clones every time because it's just such a comforting movie right (laughs) Yes, comforting. That's the word. On a yes. serious level, it just it just soothes you and puts you right out, right? <laughs> Anakin, Anakin's smooth um, lines just really bring a lot of peace, don't they? <laughs> I, Sorry, I my lady. Josh's comment. Josh said, "Yes, hello. I came here for mischief and discussion, and I'm fresh out of discussion." <laughs> <laughs> so he's just here for the mischief. Well, prepare oh yourself for my hot takes. Now, what was the question again? I forgot because I was so focused on my joke. What was your question, Michael? It was, what, what is your overall relationship with the prequel trilogy? And just like, kind of like we were talking about earlier with the, kind of like what I just talked about sure. with my yeah. relationship with okay. it. Okay. Well, I already mentioned that I was um, like five years old when Phantom Menace came out. So I grew up with the prequel trilogy, very ingrained of what Star Wars is. Um and I, as I mentioned, the tie-in material, like I think as a kid, very like in love with superheroes, seeing the Jedi and kind of equating them to superheroes made me just love that era even more. Yes. I've always been a guy who likes super powerful characters and seeing super powerful characters uh, do super powerful things. So just seeing the Jedi in the prime was was a lot for me. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm also a sucker for a story where I grew up with two brothers um, and you guys are, you guys are brothers, right? You're not like cousins or you guys are brothers. Yes, we're brothers. Okay. I was like, I assumed you're brothers, but I don't want to like. I was debating in my head if I was gonna just like. Be like <laughs> I met Michael because we just were on Reddit and talking about Star Wars, and I was like, "Hey, want to start a podcast?" And then we were like, "Oh my gosh, your last name is the same as mine. What are the odds yeah, of that? How perfect! Yeah, that's that funny. Was... So, anyways, boy, you got to just have that. There's nothing quite like like a sibling relationship, and like especially with like brothers. Um, Yes, Josh, I love OP characters. But uh, <laughs> I fully admit it, I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. But anyway, um, <laughs> so seeing that ultimate, the stories where like there's like a familial bond, a brotherly relationship, and then it leads to betrayal and that's shattered, have always just gripped me because it, it speaks to me on an emotional level. And that is why I'm just going to go ahead and lead into this. It took me many, 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 many years to kind of come to this conclusion and kind of admit it to myself because I felt like it was a something that I would get talked down to about. But Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, Empire was there for a long time. Return of the Jedi was my favorite as a kid. And I think... Still the best. Yeah, hey, that's fine. I'm perfectly okay with that answer. But 
that movie just the emotional power that um it has and that it's it, it speaks to me on that level um really just helps me love the prequels more and there's just so many there's a genius in the story of the prequels that i think a lot of people don't appreciate mm-hmm. and especially with like the political maneuvering palpatine's plan um yes there's a depth there that i think a lot of people ignore because of the execution of a few elements that i think are overly criticized we'll get to that later um but man the prequels are star wars for me they just through and through i totally agree welcome Drew. um let's go let's go jessica well i agree with a lot that curry said um i watched the phantom menace and attack of the clones today and started a little bit on Revenge of the Sith, just because I hadn't watched it in a while. So I was like, what the heck, why not? Um, awesome. But I remembered when it started, I was thinking, okay, I was 10 when The Phantom Menace came out. And I just tried to kind of watch it, the beginning from that kind of perspective. And just seeing the Jedi, like two Jedi Knights in their prime, like from the beginning, yeah. you know, just it just starts with so much, you know, yes. and I remember watching it in the doors and they use their lightsaber and it's like melting and all of that, like how cool I thought it was. And I don't know, it just, they just give me a lot of good feelings of, you know, I was 10, 13 and 16 when they came out. So I think growing up, mm-hmm. I never thought there would be any more Star Wars. And it was just something that my parents' generation got to experience. And so getting to have more movies was just so exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And seeing them in the theater was really exciting too. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> it does. Yeah, absolutely does. That's awesome. Yeah, I I mean, I remember being a kid and watching that opening scene with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I'm, and whenever he said, I, I can't remember the exact line, but whenever he, whenever Qui-Gon actually said Obi-Wan, I was like, I remember being like, even as a kid, I was like, what? Obi-Wan? <laughs> like, yeah. I get to see young Obi-Wan and um, see more drop. Oh yeah. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) But even when, whenever they're, they're like trying to get into, get onto the bridge of the ship to where Newt Gunray and whoever the other guy is. And they were like, he's still coming through. And he was going through the door with the light. Come on. And you got the force theme playing with it. It's just good. (sighs) It it is. Like the force speed away from the Droidica. Yeah. Uh, yes. So cool. <laughs> that's a thing. So cool. Why that's never used that? again, but that's okay. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just that one time. They only yeah. could use it one time. <laughs> they used they used all the speed they could possibly use in the galaxy <laughs> right on that one run. Yeah. Because they couldn't get away from those Droidicas. <laughs> Snuck into a hyperspace lane. Um... <laughs> No, I, so like the prequels for me, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit before, but like um, the Phantom Menace was a movie that um, I took with me kind of everywhere I went, like the VHS tape, whenever I'd go to my my friend's house, like whenever I'll just go to my mom's friend's houses, I guess, because she was like, be going somewhere, Michael and Josh were off doing their own thing because they were closer in age and I would just be like with my mom and she'd be like, 
all right, Ben, like go entertain yourself, whatever. And I just like go in the living room, put the Phantom Menace in and be like, oh, Darth Maul. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tiny hands. He was so scary. He was terrifying, but he had two sides to his lightsaber. So I was like, he's the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's clearly the greatest. I was like, that's smart. Um, no, I, um, so I loved uh, the Phantom Menace growing up. Um, I even love Jar Jar. I thought he was hilarious. Still do kind of sometimes. Um, and I, you know, I kind of love how the, the, I mean, the prequels have this thing where like, you've got the, the Phantom Menace starting off with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, a master and an apprentice. Um, and then you have Revenge of the Sith starting off a master and an apprentice with Anakin and Obi-Wan. And it's kind of like this, it's almost like they mirror each other in a weird way of just like, they're both like in space on a ship doing things together as a master and apprentice, but the relationship is so different. You see like Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan are um, kind of like, it's more of a normal like mentor mentee sort of relationship. And Obi-Wan's like very Mento. respectful. Yeah, Mento, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then you have, um, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin and Curry, you brought this up. It's like a brotherly relationship. They're like, you know, kind of verbal jousting constantly. <laughs> and um, and then all that stuff. And I think that the overall cohesiveness of the prequels is one of the things that draws me to it. Um, not that any other trilogy isn't cohesive. Um, one of them for sure is. But... Um, <laughs> Um, the other one's debatable, but I think that the prequels are the most cohesive, even if you, even if it's not your favorite trilogy, I think almost most people couldn't argue that at least, um, it feels like they were made very intentionally to go kind of in and out of one another. And I think one of the cool things about it is that it's a trilogy that has only been been, a, been able to grow stronger over time with other resources like the Clone Wars, like the Bad Batch that's coming out. Um, and even Rebels builds upon the legacy of that era. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. we have so many things that the prequels set up the stage for. And I think that it's such a valuable part of... Um, the Star Wars um, mythos and the Star Wars um, timeline, um, which is also why I'm really excited that we have the High Republic stuff. Um, I started reading that book this week, um, Light of the Jedi, and that is very good so far. Um, loving it. But I, I think that it's cool that we have the prequels. It's kind of like the fall of the Jedi and the fall of the Republic. And now we're also getting the High Republic, which is like the ideal of the Jedi and the ideal of the Republic, which is yeah. really, really cool to see the, the contrast. So anyways, yeah, I love the prequels. <laughs> yeah, I think it, uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Ben. I think even, even if like people don't necessarily enjoy all the movies of the prequels, I think pretty much unanimously, like everyone I've heard, even if they criticize the movies, say, but the but the world is definitely like it's a cohesive trilogy, even if it's not mm-hmm. my favorite trilogy. It's it's very cohesive. It's it's a story that had a clear plan from beginning to end, and it's very. 
I'm thankful for that. <laughs> I'm very thankful for that. More um, thankful now than ever. Yeah. I mean, listen, you guys know, you guys, if you, if you've watched us at all, you know, we like some sequel trilogy, Yes, but uh, they did not do great in the world building department. Let's just say yeah. that. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but, but the prequels did, and that's what we're talking about. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see here. Let's go through some of these. <laughs> let's go through some of these comments because Josh is putting some pretty great stuff in there. Um, he said they're still coming through. Um, <laughs> a second, I was like, "What?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Josh, I, I, you drunk? also, uh, I, I skipped a couple. My bad. Josh said the Phantom Menace's opening is straight fire, and I agree. It is so good, and I actually. Until I started talking about it, I was like, oh, my God. I, I didn't really realize, like, how awesome it really was. I started talking about it, and I was like, it really is a great opening. One of my yeah. favorites, probably, now that I think about it. But um, – and then Drew says, my friends, I'll be in and out uh, while while on the way home. Oh, yeah, be safe, dude. <laughs> uh, on standby <laughs> to answer questions and ask. <laughs> yeah, please be safe. Don't – don't – please don't get in a wreck. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah. And then Josh says, we never, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think he's talking about us. Uh, he's talking about how Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon used the force speed one mm -hmm. time and, uh, and, and we had never seen force speed before. And so he said, we never saw that before. Why did the Phantom Menace break Star Wars? Oh I have an gosh. objection to that. Okay. Okay. Let's hear the objection. I like this. Just because already. I love arguing with Josh because he's really smart <laughs> and makes me feel like I'm challenged to give a good answer or I look dumb. So, uh, Josh, listen up. In Empire <laughs> Strikes Back, when uh, Vader knocks Luke into the carbonite freezing chamber and Luke jumps up, he doesn't just jump up. He jumps up super fast. <laughs> or he's blurred. And you can argue it was the effects of the time, but he does it really fast. So maybe he tapped into some force speed. It looks like it. Yeah. Oh, so you're you're arguing that force speed has been used, not yeah. chronologically, but movie wise before. Yes. Okay. Mm. Interesting. I disagree. Um. <laughs> I disagree, but he, there's motion blur used on how fast that jump was. Nobody jumps that. Fast. He force jumped. He force jumped. Yeah, he force jumped. <laughs> this is running. He yeah. force ran through the air. At the, <laughs> Curry, Curry at the Olympics. At the this Olympics. Is not the Olympics. This is Star Wars. Is running a separate sport than the high jump? Not in Star Wars. There's no Olympics in Star Wars. <laughs> I'm asking Only about the Force, it. Michael. <laughs> Only the Force. The Midichlorians <laughs> that were so. Josh, Josh, dude. Force. Josh, we knew you were. He said, I was kidding about the breaking Star Wars. We know that you're kidding. Yeah, Josh, Josh is definitely being tongue in cheek there. We, we. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, we we all know back. that. We all know that. But. But Curry's object, he, he was actually objecting. Um, let's see here. I'm half-heartedly objecting. Half-hearted objecting. But... Oh, so now you're walking it back. Gotcha. <laughs> it's kind of what I do. So. It's kind of what I do. Isn't that what every Star Wars fan does? Don't we all walk it back? A little bit. A little yeah. bit, I guess. I, uh, I walked back a lot of stuff. <laughs> then Josh said, what about second lightsaber, Pippin Maul? Oh, my gosh. We've had one lightsaber, yes, but what about second lightsaber? Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, 
And then he said, uh, I guess he's talking about Light of the Jedi. He said, me too. Good book so far. Yeah. Um, and then he says, uh, Curry objecting to the salty fanboys. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, okay, let's do this. Jessica, I don't know what your favorite of the, I know what, um, <laughs> I know what Curry's is. I know what Ben's is. I, those are, it's the same movie. It's Revenge of the Sith. What is your favorite of the prequels? it's so hard for me to pick favorites i would never do well on an award show (laughs) um like everything is good everything is good we agree with you deep down but but deep down you you have one that you watch the most or you have one that you that just like Um, makes you cry the most or makes you laugh the most or whatever I mean, Jar Jar Binks is hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I really liked him as a kid, and now it's kind of like, uh, my parents hated him, though. They thought it was the dumbest thing they'd ever put in Star Wars. I mean, I'm sure it's, they did. It's, <laughs> it still is, I would argue. But yeah, I, don't hate, I don't <laughs> hate him. I don't hate him anymore, but I used to, and... Just because I don't hate him doesn't mean he's not the dumbest thing in Star Wars. He's still definitely. Yeah. And then they made him a senator. So that's cool. Um, yeah. I would have to probably, <laughs> if I had to pick, it would probably be Phantom Menace. Just because I love overall, it. it's just a beautiful movie. And the music is amazing. The costumes yeah. are amazing. Yes. So cool, um, yes. The model work is amazing. Yeah. 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 The, design, the model work is like, mm almost arguably the best of the of the prequels yeah and and you all know i know ben i know you know this for sure but the um uh, on the mandalorian uh thing that i never remember the title of the The gallery gallery. yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. they went into they actually talked about the phantom menace for a little bit and they actually said that that um that the Phantom Menace is actually the Star Wars movie with the most practical effects. Yeah. I love that so much. Isn't that awesome? Like, I never would have known that. Isn't that just a great kick to the face for so many uh, (laughs) prequel haters? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it also has a lot of CGI. It it does. It has a lot of CGI. but And it's also groundbreaking (laughs) right it is it It absolutely oh the phantom menace (laughs) did so much for film like yeah insane what i mean from from the cgi work itself to to jar 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 was actually very important we wouldn't have had Gollum without jar Mm -hmm. jar yes also like because george lucas was such a pioneer in technology a lot of people don't know this but like he pushed for the 1080p like resolution in cameras to be like done in time for Phantom Menace. Like that's pretty much the reason that became the standard was because of Phantom wow. Menace. Wow. Oh my like, God. incredible. And, and, like digital filmmaking was pioneered because of the prequels. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot, of, it's, a lot of like purists will like say, well, film is the ultimate medium. And regardless, because of that, you know, I got to make home movies as a kid, like really yeah. and plug them into my computer, you know? So yeah, they're technological like leaps like you look at them, you're like, ah, oh, some of this hasn't aged well. But what it did for the medium is like almost unparalleled. Yeah, like yeah. was for like practical effects. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lucas just was so creative. I think he his control of some things were so great, and then I think his control was also some of the downfalls. Agreed. Of mm. 
the prequels. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong there. And, and also, <laughs> and I would also argue with the original trilogy as well. <laughs> yeah. George, just leave it alone, man. Like, <laughs> they're good. They're good. I promise it's fine. Um, but, but yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm actually, actually a total fan of the, of the special, special edition. Editions. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I am a fan. I know Curry's not. I, I am. Um, the, it actually improves a good bit of what of what they do. They definitely go overboard on a lot, and I'm not going to object to that. But I'm fine with most of the changes, to be honest. Not all the, of them, especially if you think if you look at um, if you look at Empire Strikes Back, man. Yeah, I I honestly point. don't know if I can think of a single thing in that one that they added that was like, wish they wouldn't have done that. Like I can't think of Cloud City and. Like all of all of the stuff they added to that to the Hoth sequence and it's actually they they added that stuff in a Super seamless tasteful. way as opposed to like in A New Hope with all the little digital creatures around Moss Eisley and like <laughs> like the only thing about stuff. the now is like because he added even more when they did the Blu-ray release yeah they swapped out the shot of Palpatine in Empire with a shot of him from like the Revenge of the Sith get up and it's fine like it doesn't bother me. But it's it like such a higher quality of resolution than the rest of the film. It almost took me out of the movie. But it's not like mm-hmm. a huge deal. That's more of a technical complaint than like a story complaint. Sure. Right. Totally. Yeah, and I totally get that. And and by the way, I do totally understand being annoyed at the special editions. Like, yeah, he went overboard. Let's. I mean, for like that song in Return of the Jedi. Even though, and I'm talking, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm talking about the one in Jabba's palace. Um, I actually prefer the um, I actually prefer the ending music to the original music. I actually prefer the ending in um, in the special editions um, to to the original. Man, you, yeah, I, I do want to fight. You don't like to get down to some yum nub? Yeah, yum-num I mean it's fine. <laughs> yum nub is fine, but I I I just love the. I, I will say on, on this so most, most recent rewatch, I did watch the special editions again because it had been a while. Uh-huh. Um, and the music didn't bother me as much because I'm like, this is actually a really like good piece of music. Yeah, but, it's great, but not so much the honeycomb guy song, right? Right. But I'm like, <laughs> but this isn't the end of Return of the Jedi that I remember like loving as a kid. You know? And that's what that's the thing. It is for me. That's what yeah, I grew I grew up on the special editions. Yeah. And so yeah. when I when I, I found out that there was a different like version of the movie i remember like i had a realization watching the original trilogy i know we're talking about the prequels tonight i just want to say this real quick like i remember it is yeah i remember like watching um one time i was watching a new hope and i like it hit me i was like why does jabba look so weird like it just hit me randomly i was like wait a second they didn't have that technology back then like i yeah. literally like something randomly clicked for me and i was like did they <laughs> like <laughs> and like and then that's when i discovered that there were like different versions of the movies or whatever and it blew my mind i was like wait people grew up with like a entirely different experience than me like what right and so yeah it was it was like a weird earth shattering yeah. moment when i found out that like when i found out that there was no song in Jabba's palace, I was like, well, that would have saved me a lot of like annoyance growing up. I have always hated that. Even when I was a kid, I was like, why is this song in here? (laughs) (laughs) 
No. But anyways. But then we would have never gotten to see. <laughs> never mind. It's like when they added the morning report to the Lion King. And I, oh song. God! No! Oh my God! Song. But no. Why? Hey, no. Why? Michael and uh, Ben, this actually would make a good idea for a future live stream for you guys, like special editions versus like original trilogy. Like in that's a great idea. So meaning we should probably stop talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> very actually, honestly, though, that's a great idea. I like that idea a lot. Um, I'll remember that. He's like, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to guest star on it. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> um. Let's, okay, so I feel like the conversation has naturally led itself to talking about uh, um, one movie in particular. Let's talk about some Phantom Menace for a while. So um, I know, Jessica, you already talked about kind of what you what you love about it. Curry, what is what's one of you, what are some of your favorite things about – and we'll kind of – we can go back and forth too. I'm sure there's a lot more things that you didn't mention, Jessica. So yeah. we can go back and forth, talk about some more things about the Phantom Menace that we love. But Curry, start with you. Yeah, I actually, I meant to do this earlier, but I forgot, I just got lost in the conversation. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people say Jar Jar is like one of the dumbest thing in the franchise. And, and I get that sentiment. Um, I've always thought that it wasn't Jar Jar himself that was so bad. It was just that he was overused. I think they yeah. relied too much on him for comic relief. Yeah. Um, you know, I also look at what happened to, I think it's Ahmed, Ahmed Best. Yeah, Ahmed Best. Um, yeah. And like how he was bullied and even Jake Lloyd. And like people are very critical of Jake Lloyd's performance, which I always thought was fine. He was fine. He was fine. Yeah. He's a kid dialogue in a movie. In a couple parts. Yeah, sure. Was but, he Macaulay Culkin? Maybe not, but yeah. come on. Who right. was? But, you know, Jar Jar Binks, like, he, he serves his purpose, and he actually has some good moments in the movie. And, like, the parts where he, like, fumbles up and accidentally does something amazing in battle led to one of the funniest fan theories in all of Star Wars. So, oh, like, my God. Me. It's, it's his, like, bumbling idiot moments, like, when he, like, shoots his tongue out and all. Like, I'm not to the point where I'm like, this is so dumb. I'm just like, meh. And, like, I can ignore it. It's not a big deal for me. But I just wanted to say that to defend Jar Jar as much as I can. But um, I've, I've, this may have already been said, but I think one of the best things about Phantom Menace is how well it does the world building. Yes. Like how quickly you're like, okay, these Jedis are peacekeepers. Like, we know what that means now. Like, getting to see Coruscant and, like, all the different planets. I love how each trilogy gives us new planets, and, like, the prequels does that so well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and how well we see, like, okay, there's slavery on Tatooine. There's this uh, trade crisis. It makes it feel like a like a lived-in world, like with economical crises that have been the cause of very many real-world wars. Um, not world wars, but our world's wars. Um, <laughs> right. I don't know why I felt like I needed to clarify that, but I did. So we got uh, you, bro. <laughs> I think also we've already talked about like the sets and the and like the the miniatures that the, that were used. But also, can we just appreciate Liam Neeson for a minute? Because Amen. This was before the Liam Neeson renaissance, the, as I like to call the Neeson-assance that happened with the Taken. Um, but man, I remember like growing up in my grandma's house, I would watch the movie Rob Roy, where he's like a Scots a Scotsman who like mm -hmm. fought or whatever. Um, I had no business watching that movie as a kid, but I did for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty graphic actually. But anyway, I just remember like because of his sword training in Rob Roy, because it has an amazing sword fight at the end, he actually, like when they were doing the chore choreography for Phantom Menace, 
he was like doing like spin moves and stuff with a lightsaber that some do, did with swords. And they're like, oh, we never really considered doing that with lightsabers, which led to some of like the best like choreography that we see in the Duel of the Fates. Also, can we talk about Duel of the Fates? Like, oh, we'll talk about Duel of the Fates. Oh, it's well. oh, <laughs> not just the music. It's <laughs> arguably the best like written piece of music in Star Wars, but also just the fight in and of itself. I've heard I've heard criticism that it looks like it's choreographed so the swords hit each other, and I'm like, have you ever watched a sword fight in a movie before? Like, Wait, what? Hold on. What's the criticism? The criticism is that it looks like that they're just trying to hit the lightsabers the whole time and not each other. And like they're like, oh okay, gotcha. Um, they're space laser swords, so I don't care. They can all those criticisms can go away, but it's just such an entertaining and the the um I, I don't know what it is. I can't think of the name on Naboo. The area that fight him with all the, like the power. Yeah, yeah. Off. I've always loved that like area. It's just so cool. yeah, so cool. The um, there's just there's a lot to love in the movie. I think the the politics part. I hated as a kid because I didn't get it, and but I've appreciated that more and more as I've gotten older, especially yeah. when you compare it to things we see in the world. But I could talk. Yeah, yeah. Me, so I'll let somebody else. Amen. Yeah, Ben, go ahead, dude. Um, I know you're itching to talk about something. I don't. I don't know what it <laughs> is. But just, Take it from there. <laughs> I literally was about to talk about pod racing. Okay, so but first I did want to say real quick about Jar Jar just because I want to say my piece about it. I have somewhat opposite feelings, somewhat opposite of Curry in the sense that my issues with Jar Jar arise more so with him being used as a plot device for mm-hmm. accidental victories as opposed to I actually like his humor a little bit. Like I'm I'm okay with him like walking through the desert and being like the sun is murdered to Misa skin or whatever. Like that's funny to me. <laughs> I mean that's I, a great like, line. <laughs> like, that's like, definitely not his worst line. No. Like I think he's his comic relief is fine to me. Like it's whatever. My annoyances with him are whenever he's like tripping and bumbling but i think honestly that's only because it's compounded on top of anakin's accidental victory as well so it's like yeah um which you can say oh but it's the force in him fine whatever but um i love i love phantom menace i don't get me wrong i just the accidental victories is like my only big criticism of it it's just a little not satisfying it's frustrating watch. dude it's such um, a good at the movie end. and it ends like that Especially the whole second act is like so freaking good of this movie. Yes. Um, like I love like everything on Tatooine and like the pod racing. We were talking about technical, um, like this movie pushing the ball forward so much for technical, um, like for, you know, whatever we're able to do with filmmaking and with like effects and everything. The pod racing scene still stands like it still is it holds up the effects are incredible in that mm-hmm. scene in that whole race and like um it's like whenever like pod pods are like crashing and there's parts flying and like all like all the particles coming off of them and everything it's just like it still holds up and looks so good and i'm like perplexed when i'm watching it because i'm like this movie came out in 1999. Looks like better than some yeah. movies today. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like that whole pod racing sequence looks so much better than like, 
I mean, almost any racing scene I see in anything that uses CGI, like, mm. <laughs> you know, you guys um, see how they like did that, like the like hardware that they had to use and like the shortcuts they had to take. Yeah, yeah, I, I've watched some of the special, uh, the special features or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And on top of that, it's also a, it's also like this entire thing is just something that's so. Um, Michael and I talk about sometimes how there's things in Star Wars, randomly sometimes that are just a, they hit a little too close to home. Uh, the example we always bring up is like the football robots in episode two whenever you're like they walk into the bar and there's like robots playing football and you're like that's it makes it feel a little too not star wars like it feels like it's earth you know one of Um, anakin's friends having braces notice that again today. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. It takes I me out like of that. it completely. Oh my gosh, you're <laughs> right. I never thought about it. You, okay? Yeah. <laughs> on tattooing, really. <laughs> yeah. They can't afford braces on tattooing. Um, also, his friends are totally the worst, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love how Greedo is one of the little kids. I know. I know. It's so great. <laughs> oh, I had a deleted scene of them, like him and Anakin getting there. In a is there is yeah. It's, it's amazing. That. So I watched I watched all the deleted scenes pretty recently, and there's a deleted scene where Anakin and Greedo get into a fight because Greedo doesn't believe that Greedo believes that Anakin cheated in the race and he didn't win fairly somehow, and. Um, and they get into a fight and he goes and ta- Anakin goes and talks to Qui-Gon and they have this awesome little father son type of a moment. And it's like, this is what Anakin needed. Mm-hmm. This is what Anakin needed. Not, not as like, obviously Obi-Wan and, and Anakin loved each other, but it was different. Kind of like Dave was Dave Filoni talked about. Um, but it, it was more of a brotherly relationship, but yeah. Qui-Gon was a true father figure to Anakin. And that's what he really needed. And yeah. it, that scene really showed it in a really beautiful way. I really encourage y'all, if you haven't watched the deleted scenes to really all of them, there's some really bad ones. <laughs> there's, there's some really, really comical ones because they have some action sequences that are not remotely finished. <laughs> yeah. They are terrible because they're not finished. <laughs> it's just they have like these stand-in things. It's so funny. So yeah. funny. But anyway, Ben, I you you continue with your with your Oh, you're good. I yeah, it was just like in a universe that sometimes has these things, like the things that kind of take us out of it, and you're like, that's weird. That's something that'd be on Earth or whatever. You have pod racing and it just feels completely unique. Like, yes, yes, the only thing they took was like it's the race, and everything else was just like this is like nothing I've ever seen before. The designs, the way that it's set up, the like the the go signals or whatever are like totally weird and like the two-headed commentators and like it's just all so bizarre you know yeah it's so creative though like it's so creative yeah and i love it so much so like the pod racing scene is um one of my favorite things in all of star wars i just it's one of those things that i always think about as just like so so truly star wars and like one of the things that stuck in my head as a kid is like the things that i love which is why i loved the pod racing video game on n64 i was about to say both of the pod racing games are amazing amazing. yeah i was horrible but i still had fun they're so fun (laughs) exactly (laughs) one in the sequel or whatever they even have like a story where like anakin has to come back to 
Tatooine because the Boba challenges his title or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever cool. played the second one. Racer mm-hmm. Revenge. You can actually get it on like PS4 now. They re- oh, uh, cool. reported it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like got the pod racing stuff. It's just like one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, so good. And um, I think that, yeah, I think, I think Josh had said something about this as well. Like Qui-Gon's just one of my favorite Jedi it yeah. that's been introduced in star wars mm. and um i think that he was used very well in this movie am i sad that we don't get more of him yeah but like it's also like that's also a part of the character on in a way it's like gone too soon is a part of his character like yeah. he, he you know and so i think that it's important that he was gone after this movie but it's also heartbreaking because it's like he is in so many ways like the jedi ideal that we wish to see in so many other jedi you know so that's such a testament to how liam neeson like how well he played the role like yeah like it's like we literally like man it sucks that he's gone but it gives the story so much weight yeah and you know that's why this is kind of a sidebar but with with the obi-wan series coming out i really hope we see him back as a force ghost like that would be Oh, kind of like please. Playing Obi-Wan. I mean, the story setup is there. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Or even flashbacks, like memory flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Ooh, I would Master be... and Apprentice stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would be absolutely shocked if they didn't have him at some point in there. Liam Neeson's always been like extremely proud of Phantom Menace. And like he came back and did voice work for the Clone Wars. So I don't see it being a stretch. Not at all. Other than maybe a payday. But um, yeah. You know. That, that would be that would be awesome yeah and he, and he didn't just come in and just like just give some lazy work on clone wars either his, he didn't, his he voice didn't work a, on that is so good it was he didn't pull a bruce willis <laughs> 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 who hasn't cared about a gig in years yeah uh jessica what about you do you have any that even if we've mentioned them i know we've taken quite a lot of them <laughs> well with the pod race I was thinking about it, how even though we know what the outcome is going to be, we know Anakin's going to win, It's they still make it seem like a very high stakes mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. And so even when you rewatch it, it's like you still are on your seat going, what's going to happen? Even yeah. though you know, you've seen it before. But I, I think even the first time watching it, it's still kind of, you know what the outcome's yeah. going to be, but it's still grabs your attention and yeah. you kind of get lost in the race in a yeah. sense, which I think is really good for any film if for you to kind of forget what's going on around you and you feel like you're in that moment. Mm-hmm. I love I, too how the story reason around the pod race, like when you look at the trilogy as a whole, we didn't know it when the movie came out as much, but Anakin like winning the pod race so he can, you know, win the parts or whatever for them, but also winning his freedom. We see the Jedi's kind of hubris, like, well, we can't save him and his mother, but we can save him because he's force sensitive. Like even Qui-Gon was victim to that, even though he was like, was like, you know, I, I didn't come to free slaves. Yeah. He feels like that ah, about it, but he's like, but that's not what I'm here for. We see the like trickles into Anakin's fall, like the attachment. Yeah. Like, George mm-hmm. Lucas was even setting it up with this and how that plays into later movies, that is actually one of the genius of Attack of the Clones is how it plays back into that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and they even set up Anakin's fear also in, in Phantom Menace because remember in that scene with Padme on the ship, he's 
he's like, I'm, I'm cold. And he was mm-hmm. because of leaving his mom. And, um, I just think they set up Anakin's cause, and you know, I know this isn't like an original thought remotely, but like, I just, I love how with the, the Phantom Menace, it's showing Anakin as like a, you know, potentially powerful being, but he also deals with fear and then fear leads to anger, which he is an angry fool in, uh, in the attack of the clone in attack of the clones. And then anger leads to suffering or fear leads to, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Fear leads to, uh, Oh my gosh. What's wrong? Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Yes. And then, so, (laughs) so, and then revenge of the Sith, he is, he is full of hate at the, at the end because of, you know, because of Palpatine stuck his claws in, manipulated him, and he's hateful toward Obi-Wan. He's hateful toward the Jedi and all of that. And and then he's and then suffering next. And it's all starts with these little hints of fear in Anakin as a kid. And um and I that's why I actually don't have a problem with the time jump between him him being a kid and him being where he is in Attack of the Clones, because I think we needed to see him as a fearful kid leaving his mom mm-hmm. in slavery mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And George Lucas even said like, that's why he ultimately decided like, like nine years old was a good like limit or whatever. Cause if he had made him older, it's like, well, teenagers want to get away from their parents. Right. That's like, a, yeah. Great. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's a good point. Like he was old enough to where like he can make rational decisions, but also like, I love my mom and I don't want to leave her. Like right. I care about her, you know, and that attachment and that, that also plays into the, no, he's too old. Like we can't train him. And I didn't really get that as a kid. Like, I was mm-hmm. like give me Darth Maul already, you know, but now I'm like, man, <laughs> man it makes so much sense. Yeah. But yeah, totally. Also, Let's catch wanna, up. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was, I don't know what I was, I was, I don't know if I was in a Facebook debate earlier, but Michael, I thought you get a charge out of this. Um, I was complaining I saw someone complain about uh, Snoke in The Last Jedi. It's like, we wanted to learn so much more about him, and then he gets killed. And then in an argument, somebody was like, oh, and that didn't happen with Darth Maul? And I was like, that's fair. Oh, snap. That's fair. <laughs> but they did bring Maul back. <laughs> oh, and it was amazing. Yeah, but like a was decade like, later. It's, like, <laughs> it's true. It's true. It was a long time. The Snoke show. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm Snoke I get spider legs. Yeah. I don't remember. I was a kid, so I don't remember. Snoke gets... They both got chopped in half, too. That's actually you know, <laughs> totally happened. I actually don't remember because I was a kid. I don't remember. Was there backlash to, to him being killed that early when, in Phantom Menace? To Maul being killed that early? I don't remember. Um, ben, I know you don't remember. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember it was Maul was kind of treated in a in a way. It was kind of like a boba situation where it was like, oh man, he looked so cool and he like had all these cool features about him, and but then he like he died. Two things, yeah, <laughs> really quickly. You know, yeah. Like the main um, in like an action movie, like they're there, they look cool, and they serve a plot purpose, but they don't really get development. That's yeah, how I right. always took it. Yeah. Big difference um, here, though, is that also Darth Maul killed like you know, Qui-Gon freaking Jin. Right. And Boba oh. got um a, his back his jetpack malfunctioned and he got eaten by a worm. So you know Clone Wars should be commended for making Maul like an actual character rather than yeah. just like, Oh my gosh. And he's actually one of my favorite characters. He's like legitimately yeah. Same. He's like one of the best characters. Can oh I add something from the chat real quick? Oh is it what Josh we're said? we're about to go yes. to the chat now. So yeah <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna Wait, say I haven't seen it yet. Said, 
He said, my crush on Natalie Portman started with The Phantom Menace. Um, you're not alone. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but I also wanted to say, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Probably not. She's actually probably the weakest part of the movie for me. Really? Uh, I feel oh. like she is the one who, like, you can tell George Lucas isn't the best with dialogue. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Not the worst, but not the best. Like, it can be very weakened. But she's so wooden in her performance in that film. Like, mm-hmm. everything she says, she says like this. I'm so worried about my people and they're going to die. Like, it's not a bad performance. It's just very wooden for me. And every time I rewatch it, I notice it more. If I remember correctly from when I was little, they had a book that came out that was like her diary or whatever. And that was probably the first Star Wars book I ever read. And if I remember correctly, it talked about how she had that tone because she was so young and a queen that it was kind of a thing that they did to Mm. make her seem more mature and have a little bit more power in her voice because you can even hear it a difference between when she's Padme and when she's the queen right there's Mm -hmm. like a different I don't know that could be one of the reasons why yeah Yeah, you're I and I totally I know the woodenness you're talking about but I do Mm -hmm. I do I Jessica, I totally see what you're saying too, because I I do feel like that was a specific character choice. Whether it worked great, we can debate that. But it's yeah, in Attack of the Clones, right? Like we don't really see that again. And I, mm-hmm. I think Natalie Portman also probably grew as an actress, or like was like, hey, yeah. I wasn't given the best direction oh. here. What can we do to make it better. She's yeah. definitely not wooden in the other two whatsoever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. Um, let's get through some of these chats uh, really quick before we go to because I'd like to talk about. The other two films as well, especially the third one. <laughs> um, let's see. I, we're going to go a little further back here. Josh said, um, can, can they just take out Vader's no at the climax of, of uh, wait, Return of the Jedi? I think oh, he made it in the Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, so you mean when he, picks up, when he picks up Palpatine and throws him over? No, it is. It's a little different, but yeah, I forgot he did that in that one too. Yeah, it does. It does kill me too. You're right, dude. That's why do they add those? Like either one of them. Why do they do that? <laughs> like, ugh, so bad. It doesn't bother me in Revenge of the Sith, but we'll get to that. Yeah. No, not great. Definitely not the best moment. It, it could have been though. They it kind of ruined the best moment a little bit. Me. Yes, it does. I'm just kidding. It doesn't really bother me that much either. Sorry. Me either. I think you're alone. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Cool. Glad to know. The last Jedi and cry by yourself. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. Fine. I'd love to. (laughs) Sorry. Harsh. Actually, sounds great. Okay. All right. So, just so everyone knows, um, Michael's in a group chat with me, and we go back and forth jokingly all the time about this. So that was that was a sarcastic joke to him. And I'm totally picking up the sarcasm. I'm not offended whatsoever. I'm not actually a jerk. <laughs> He's um, not. I I like the jokes. Um, okay. Josh says the Phantom Menace, hands down, my favorite thing is Qui Gon, one of the, my favorite Jedi's. And Ben corrected him and said it's Jedi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I agree. He is definitely he's definitely one of my favorite. He he's one of my favorite parts of the movie, but he is one of my favorite Jedi top five probably, if I was mm-hmm. to rank them, which is actually really hard to do. Um, uh, underneath Luke Skywalker's <laughs> my clear number one, because I'm because I'm basic and, <laughs> but 
be below that. It's like, uh, there's so many I could choose from to rank. I don't, I, it's hard, but um, Qui-Gon would definitely be up there for me. I love, I love Qui-Gon. Uh, Kendra Tomboli says Phantom Menace is the best love baby Anakin. I love, you know what? I love him too. I love him too. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all jump in if you have any thoughts on any of these comments. Oh, I, I do. Speaking of baby Annie, I love whenever um, it like, the there's a scene where it just kind of cuts to Anakin talking to Padme. He's like, "Yeah, I'd probably be out of here." Uh, he's no, he says something about like, "Um, I would, I would be something, something, you know, if I wasn't so good at building stuff." Oh, yeah. Like he like it's just like this random little flex that he's just like trying to impress her. <laughs> he's hitting just, on a fourteen year old girl, and he's not like. And he ends up marrying her. Like, that's a pretty good move. What did he say? I'm trying to remember the exact line, but it makes me laugh every time. If if anyone in the chat knows the line, please tell us. I I probably would blah, 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 if I wasn't so good at building things. (laughs) I totally remember that. He's been arrogant from day one. I love it. Also, oh, Chloe boys. said that she had the diary books too. She's one of my friends. So awesome. Well, wasn't alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I've never heard of these diary books. Yeah. And I think it even had like a poster of the Skywalker family, which is kind of cool. Like the family Ooh, tree. I want. And so you kind of knew. No. Yes. Cause it came out. Um, Attack of the Clones, I think is when it came out. Okay, cool. So yeah. I'll have to look for that one. I remember a coloring book I had of the Phantom Medicine. It like had like uh Padme's backstory, like how old she was when she became queen and like how she grew up. Yeah. And I thought that was the same thing, but I didn't have a I've always I've always been intrigued by Padme's character. I would love to see more on her. Um I actually really like some of the arcs in the Clone Wars that can be considered kind of boring. I actually liked some of the political ones with Padme. Um, some of them are worse than others. I don't like the Clovis ones. Clovis. They're not as good. But the but I really like the ones where it's like they're dealing with people trying to assassinate Padme and like all that stuff. That's Those are like, I love that stuff. And she's a great leader of people. Mm-hmm. Like she is actually kind of like whenever I think of, I think of her and then I think of Satine. And I'm like, y'all need a Padme. Satine's not really cutting it right now. <laughs> but like, just because like, I, I always felt like Satine, Satine didn't ever put, I felt like she put her principles above her people a lot of the time. And I felt like Padme yeah. always had her people first and she and she would do whatever she needed to, to protect them. Satine kind of like wouldn't get her hands dirty, not necessarily in like yeah. things, but she was so such an extreme pacifist that it's yeah. like sometimes you have to fight, right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Padme. An interesting thing about Clone Wars is like watching those uh, political ones, especially the ones where like senators end up like beaten in the street or like getting assassinated, and like Palpatine is obviously in the midst of this. I think if Padme and Anakin like hadn't been married, Padme would have been like killed by Palpatine a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he would yeah. Have removed her from the chessboard. Yeah, but when he when he's he's because he, it's like you can tell he's like she is messing this up. Like, yeah, especially the episode. Um, oh god, she makes like an impassioned speech. It's not when getting control of the banks or whatever when they're like trying to get another loan or whatnot. And you mentioned the Clovis arc. Oh gosh, somebody said something. <laughs> It's oh, no. Josh. It's okay. I have something that will make you feel better, Josh. 
Okay, hold on. Can we let's let's get through the rest? I will. We will get to Josh's comment in a second. Um, but Curry, really quick, continue. What was your point there? Anyway, and I love how they keep building on that. So like Padme screws up Palpatine's plans. To the point you mentioned the Clovis arc. Um, I was kind of iffy on those before too. But what I appreciate about them now is like how Palpatine gets control of the freaking banks in Star Wars through that arc. Yeah, and he does it this way because. Padme gets in the way of getting this loan for more troops. So Palpatine just says, okay, well, I have to keep her in her place. So let me circumvent all this and just get control of the banks. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see. Chloe says, love that movie. I guess she means Phantom Menace. What, mm-hmm. Did that happen during Phantom Menace? Yeah, awesome. I did. I'm going to try to stay more on top of these. We were just in great conversation, so I didn't want to interrupt. But uh, Josh says, I love the pod race. And he says, how about Anakin accidentally blowing up the droid control ship too? God. Yes. Yeah, we Josh and I agree there. What? Yeah, I wish it, it doesn't bug me either. I, I think here's why it bugs us because George I get. Like I, I I'm like, yeah, it's a little much. But here's here's why it bugs us is because within the span of like five minutes, Jar Jar accidentally helps his people have a at mm-hmm. least get to where they're about to have a victory he's like flopping around and it's so silly and he's like doing a great job on accident. And, and then it cuts to Anakin accidentally blowing up the thing that is in, that is actually controlling the droids down on the surface level, which means that whenever that ship blows up, the, the droids are like out of service. So, yeah. So he accidentally wins that up there and the ground battle all of it's I, I hate accidental wins are not my thing. Like I I don't I feel like it's kind of weird. Yeah. That's so that's and my I feel point. like Phantom I feel like Phantom Menace kind of started that trip. Like if we blow up the main thing, then all of the henchmen <laughs> will be gone. Like the Avengers did it. I could I could, if I really thought yeah, about it, you're right. movies that did it. It's like it's such a lazy way to yeah. wrap up why the army doesn't like win or whatever. But right. at least I, with I, the I Avengers, it wasn't an accident. Yeah. Right. I mean right. they didn't know, but yeah. 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 Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it is. It's really just like it doesn't necessarily ruin the viewing experience for me. It's no. more of just like a. It's an annoyance because it's like side by side with all of that is like literally one of the best lightsaber fights of all time, mm-hmm. and it's like so intentional and everything about it is just like artistry. And then over here you have s- something happening accidentally, like a lot you know and so it's like and then and then the other, the only other thing happening aside from that is like a whole lot of like repelling with cables and then shooting down hallways um right, right. <laughs> um, which is which was fun it's fine. It fine i had fun watching especially as a kid i was like i was like eating it up so like i said it didn't ruin the viewing experience for me i think it's more of just like if i have to take a critical eye to the movie um it's the same thing that happens with these movies like i was saying earlier it's like if i didn't talk about them so much i'd probably like a lot of it more like like um i loved rise of skywalker when i first watched it the more i talked about it and the more i continue to talk about it the less i like it it's like one of those things and that's not the case with all of the movies though and i think that actually talking about the phantom menace has actually overall 
grown my love for it even more me too um especially the first and second act i think for me it's just literally that i've pinpointed the only part of the movie that i just have some issues with and that's really all it is for me absolutely and i agree have y'all heard heard, um dave filoni's like rant about duel the fates in the disney oh my gosh it's amazing oh my gosh like 10 times i had never even considered yeah it's so good oh my gosh yeah, I love it so much. Um, Kendra says the worst. <laughs> so I guess she means that uh, same thing we're talking about right now. Uh, Josh says it bothers me because humorous antics through that last scene topped with the accidental victory takes tension and accomplishment out of the scene. Um, yeah. It is to- it's a tonal mismatch. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. I agree with we that. We have to go back to Josh's letter, though. Oh, we we're getting there. <laughs> we are we are getting there. I'm excited because I actually hadn't read the whole comment yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> I just don't want to leave anybody out here. Um, Kendra, uh, Kendra says, An- oh, An- oh, Anakin's friends. Okay, so that's who she's talking about is the worst. With their brain, yeah. They totally are. They're terrible. Um, and Justin Phillips, he says, imagine if Qui-Gon survived and listened to Dooku instead of Obi-Wan. Right. Oh. So if Qui-Gon actually like defected with Dooku. They sort of hinted that in the Master and Apprentice book. Like mm-hmm. and Qui-Gon very interesting thought, Apprentice. dude. Justin, I was I'm like <laughs> I I don't know what to say because I'm just like that could have been interesting. <laughs> that could have been see it though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because he, he was questioning the Jedi all the time. Wow. And they kind of were turning into the worst, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. no, they were he was questioning <laughs> them for good reason most of the time, yeah. at least. I, I might misquote this, but one of the lines I love about, or one of the things I love about uh, Master and Apprentice, the novel that kind of goes into Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, is it really explores Qui-Gon's character and his, like, he basically he gets offered a seat on the Jedi Council, and if he if he takes it, he has to give up Obi-Wan as an apprentice. But he also disagrees with the council a lot, so it forms that whole that whole, that whole thing in Phantom, uh, yeah, in Phantom Menace. And one of the lines he's arguing with Rail Abaros, which is Dooku's first apprentice, and like they're arguing about ways to do things, or whatever, and they're arguing about the light versus the dark. And Rail's like, "Well, what's the difference?" And Qui Gon, I'm going to paraphrase this, basically says, "I don't serve the light because I am a Jedi. I serve the light because it is the light." Oh, and I feel like that speaks into his character so much. And while uh, and and they and Dooku's in the book, and they kind of like go over like he sees his darkness and all. And because he inspires Rel Avaros to actually turn down Dooku's offer to the dark side in the book, it's it's really great. So I think that's a great like thing. But I do think Qui Gon would have resisted the temptation. I agree, but the, oh my gosh, what that's a great interesting idea. But yeah, yeah dude, thank you for sharing that. I had. Oh, yeah, grave, man. Is that a Legends book or is that canon? No, that's canon. canon. Oh, thank God. I'm going to read it. <laughs> yeah, actually, that is the first material that gives the Chosen One prophecy in full. As well as oh, man. Chair, sorry oh, if y'all can hear this chair. It makes horrible noise. Oh, it's not bad. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't hear, hear it. I used to have one way worse. <laughs> yeah, good Lord. <laughs> uh, let's, let, we got to get caught up on these. Um, okay, so uh, seriously, that was a great. I love all that stuff that you just said. Wow. Um, Let's see. Uh, okay, Chloe says Rob Roy is a great movie. Phantom Menace. I love the background story of Anakin and Obi Wan separately. 
and uh, how their paths were brought together. Yes, me too. It's yeah, it's I, I love I love I love seeing both young Anakin and young Obi Wan so much. It's one of it's definitely one of the reasons why that movie is just like such a special one for me. Because mm-hmm. I was I was young, seeing young Obi Wan and young Anakin, and it was like these. These are like me, but like one of those is going to be evil. So I want to be yeah. like the other one. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it. I agree. I, I haven't seen Rob Roy, though. Sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, can I complain about one thing about Phantom Menace? That no, not allowed. Really no, never no. bothered me. I'm going to do it anyway. It <laughs> just really never bothered me until this last rewatch. So okay. I also have a joke about it. So Obi-Wan did not have the high ground and successfully does what Anakin can't in Revenge of the Sith and beats Darth Maul. But also, why did Maul just kind of stand there when Obi-Wan flipped over him? I mean, yeah, I've always thought that, too. I never thought about it until that last one. I guess he was just so shocked at what was happening. Yeah. I, it, it's like you'd think with the, the way that he was just fighting, you would think his reflexes would definitely, like, be quick enough for that move. It's because yeah. the movie has to happen, Curry. I know. It's the plot. <laughs> I guess on. it's like the hubris of like the Sith. Like they always like you underestimate my power. Like he couldn't possibly. Oh, I'm in half now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That That's the only part of the duel that I'm like. Mm. I get it. That's one of those things, though. It doesn't ruin it for me. It's just not at all. Fair. Nothing could ruin Duel of the Fates for me. For sure. Um. OK. Ali says the beginning of the Jedi doing any dirty. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of which specific part she would be talking about. Do you know, Jessica? I, talking, I think it was when I was talking about Qui-Gon, like, deciding, like, hey, we're going to take Anakin, but we have to leave your mom. Oh, okay. okay. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. I think that's what it was, but I may be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, sorry, y'all. We're behind on these. Um Okay, Josh says, by the way, Qui-Gon's death and Kenobi's response is genuinely emotional. Best sequence in the movie, in my opinion. It, oh my gosh, so emotional. Ewan McGregor is amazing. He's amazing. Um, He says, my crush on Natalie Portman started with The Phantom Menace, so that's very important. Um, Drew says, I simp for Portman. (laughs) Um, Josh says, we also didn't get uh, we also didn't get Palp's backstory until the prequel trilogy. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, and that was a huge thing for me as a kid because watching The Phantom Menace as a kid, I didn't know that that was going to be the Emperor. I oh, just, really? I didn't. I, I caught the hint at the end, the very end, you know, because it's like um, to always two there are, Master and Apprentice but which one's the master and which one's the apprentice, whatever, all that. And it fades away and it shows Palpatine. I'm like, wait, he looks <clears> like that guy. <laughs> like I was, hey, wait when I was a like, the profile shot yeah. at the funeral. Yeah. Absolutely. When I was a kid, I didn't really pick up on a lot of the things that I definitely look at now, but, um, but I definitely thought that was a little interesting. Uh, but yeah, it was cool as a kid seeing that develop because I didn't know. I didn't know that was what happened. Um, so I I love that. That's a great point. Um, Drew says, this is getting out of hand. Now there are four of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Drew says, which prequel movie has the best DOP and uh, which has the best soundtrack? What's DOP? Do- uh, Director of Photography? 
Director of photography? Is it? Is that what it is? The film guy? No, that's not. I don't think that's what it means. DOP. Drew, help us. <laughs> we don't know what you mean. Um, best soundtrack, though. I mm. actually have. I have a hot take here. Attack of the Clones has the best score. I think I'd agree. It's um, good too. Across, good. across the stars. The what? I think Revenge of the Sith has the strongest score, in my opinion. But. I mean, they're all amazing, but like, it's I mean, like impossible because they all have like iconic, some of the most yeah. iconic part. Like, it's you've got but, Duel of the Fates in Phantom Menace. You've got Across the Stars in oh. um, Attack of the Clones. You've got like anything doing like to do with Anakin in Revenge of the Sith is like legendary. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. But, but across the stars, when that music plays, it literally just, it sends chills up my spine every time. And it's just, it's so good. It uh, honestly, I think I was talking, I think it was Josh that said this the other day, Josh Mesker. I think he said the the score from across the stars is more romantic than the actual relationship that it's that is the soundtrack of yeah <laughs> real. but what i mean what i would say to that is i i kind of agree but i would say it really adds to their romance like it really yeah it really helps sell their romance a little bit to me because it's the romance is a little bit hard to believe for me in that movie it's it doesn't mm-hmm. work very well but um, but the music actually does kind of cover some of that up. It's so good. So yeah, that's that's. My I was gonna up. say I think the the music, the Across the Stars theme, is what makes for me personally the romance forgivable, because yeah. it it that's what gives me that final like step I need for it to be sold for me. I, I've never thought that the Attack of the Clones romance was like the worst romance in like movie history that some people claim. I don't think it's good, mind you, but. It was always one of those things where I'm like, man, it's fine. It's there. There's worse for sure. Yeah. There's worse, but it's just not believable. The 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 leap from creepiness to I'm in love with you. It didn't. It does. It's not great. Uh, yeah, in my opinion. Bad maze. I'm like, wait, has she been like secretly like wanting him this whole time? Like, I think the movie fumbles <laughs> that for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I will say one of the deleted scenes actually takes place at Padme's family's house on Naboo. And it would have, it really grounds their relationship a little bit. And it would have been good to have that in there, in my opinion. You also go watch that. And then I'll just watch it because I'm just imagining like a, like a meet the parents situation. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it is like meeting the parents, but it's not, um, it's not a disaster. It's actually quite nice. <laughs> this is also where I think, like, I'm fine with the time gap between Phantom Medicine and Attack of the Clones, but this is where I think it creates uh, some issues. Like, we don't see, like, imagine if we get got something in between where, like, Anakin's always, obviously, he was always thinking about Padme. And maybe right. Padme sees, like, reports on the hollow net of, like, all of Anakin's successful missions with Obi-Wan, and she thinks fondly, or she sees him from a distance, and she's like, that's a pretty fine 16 year old over there. And I'm 20. Like maybe that's not as, I don't know. But I do do feel like it's like, it does happen a little bit fast and they go way too Shakespearean with it way too quickly. It's very melodramatic when it really had no excuse to be. What kind of saves it a little bit for me is the fact that Lucas calls it a space opera. And if you think of like soap operas, they're horrible. 
and it's definitely better than that. So it's supposed to be, I think, I think he wanted it to be a little dramatic and. Oh, he did. Like, but it didn't come across in the right way. I think the best parts of the romance are the scene where they're actually talking like in the field or whatever and Anakin like gets run over by that cow thing. I, don't I know. always thought tick, it looked like a big tick. Bee. Yeah, I thought tick, it looked yeah. like a tick. Yeah, it does. I, I don't mean it was like a camel cow tick. I don't know, but <laughs> odd. So disgusting. Weird thing. But like, and they're like that felt like genuine like flirting and chemistry in the movie, and like Anakin's like, well, I think one person should make them do this, and she's like, that's a dictatorship, and he's like, well, maybe. Like that, I felt like was the best part. All the other parts, and uh, and. <laughs> I don't like sand. I don't think it's that bad of a line. I don't think it's the, a great line. Anthony but, really helped me with that one. That's what I was going to Not as bad as the next about the smooth. That's even more cheesy. That's yeah. the line that we should focus on being bad, not the sand. <laughs> Actually, how that's become such a meme. Like in the Star Wars Battlefront 2 game, the new one, when you play as Anakin on like Tatooine or Geonosis, like Matt Lanter from Clone Wars, who voices him in the game, starts off when you run as Anakin. He goes, I don't like sand. It's coarse and irritating and it gets everywhere. Like it's like a joke now. So I, just, I love that. He's awesome. So, so Anthony um, really helped me with this line a little bit because I still think it's not a well-written line. But, um, but, he, but Anthony said just like he really put it in perspective as someone who like as someone who is a black man, he w- related to the line because – because and I, he would say it way better than me. I wish I wish uh, he was on here right now. But um, but basically, he brought up how uh, he related to that line because of how uh, of how his ancestors are uh, you know have have history with slavery and mm-hmm. how if if this was like a cotton type of a thing, he like he would actually that would be like a it would make sense as far as like for him. So, like, if you put that in the context of Star Wars, Anakin was a slave on Tatooine. So, of course, like, being reminded of that slavery and all that you went through back then, I'm sure sand is, like, the ultimate thing to bring back, like, God, I hate this place. Like, God, I hate so many memories. Mm -hmm. So, like, I really appreciated that because I always just thought that's the dumbest line ever. But then – Anthony comes in and he makes me actually like um, he makes it actually, actually informs the character a bit. Yeah. It does. It informs the character, and I really appreciated that. So, Anthony, if you're it, watching this, or if you ever do, thank you. It also reinforces like when Anakin goes back to Tatooine later, why he has even more of a reason to hate this place. Like, it, yeah, like, I was a slave here. I had like horrible childhood here. I mm-hmm. left my mother here. This place took my mother. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think probably the best scene in Attack of the Clones, arguably, or at least one of the best scenes, definitely the best Anakin scene, is when his mother dies and everything related. Oh, gosh, yes. It's so good. It's, I mean, it's, it's like the, that's the best part, <laughs> but it's so right. sad. Like, it's just so emotional. Like, you, I think the score for that part is really good. Like, oh, you literally yes. see Anakin snap. And I will say to this day, I think that is the moment in his heart he gave way to the dark side. And like in that moment, he turned and everything after that was just kind of falling into place. I agree, which is why he didn't turn too quickly in Revenge of the Sith. Exactly. Yeah, and, I totally agree. And also, um, I think I think Hayden Christensen's acting there was good. Yes. The following scene, when he confesses to Padme, like, like, like uh, 
it's almost like a realize, realization like I killed them like all of them not just the men and the women the women and the children too and like you that like general rise of anger and anger into hate leads back into that line from Phantom mm-hmm. Menace yeah what that should have been a huge red flag for Padme <laughs> like oh yeah but it also but it was the opposite <laughs> in a I way think- she In probably saw it as like he's being like showing weakness. And I think if that makes sense. Right. It was generally pretty understood that the same like thing. vulnerability. Yeah. 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 Mm. Like a wall coming down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was also generally understood that the the same the Tuscan Raiders were pretty barbaric and mm-hmm. maybe he didn't have a lot of sympathy for them and took more of his side. I also think it informs Padme's character is that like she's so set when she sets her mind on something and in, in clone wars and anything she's in like there's it's tunnel vision like she's gonna fight for it she's gonna go for it and she loved anakin at this point it was mm-hmm. like you know what? my man did something horrible but i'm gonna stand by him so yeah in that way i appreciate it i feel like the film maybe could have executed her dealing with that a little better because mm-hmm. uh, it also plays into her like when in Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan's like, he killed younglings. And Anakin, and she's like, Anakin could never do that. And then she kind of has this facial expression. It's like, oh, but he already has. Yeah. He's already killed children. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Ooh, man, he's killed a lot of kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit just because we, we got to catch up here. Um, I have to read Josh's comment about the letter. Um, he says, I wrote a letter as a young teen to Natalie Portman, apparently, uh, no, Natalie to Natalie Portman. I apparently I never sent it because, <laughs> because I found it in my parents' attic several months ago and I was digging through my stuff. <laughs> Embarrassing. Oh, I kind of would like for you to send it now. Is that weird? <laughs> with, your, with your wife's approval, of course. Of course. Of, of course. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. In case it works. Holy crap. That, um, oh, yay. And Josh said, I promise to share the letter in the group soon for a prize credit. Will oh do fine. Gosh. No, they won't. Credits. To make Josh Will feel better, I totally forgot. So one of my best friends reminded me. Oh, boy. That after Attack of the Clones came out, we found out that we thought Hayden Christensen was like the cutest thing ever, right? So we totally had a crush on him. And I totally forgot that after the movie came out, he was on a cereal box. And we made my parents go (laughs) to Walmart (laughs) to get this box of cereal. And apparently, I honestly don't remember, we cut his face out of it and saved it. Very (laughs) nice. That's amazing. So, Josh, if that makes you feel better, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) I love that. that. I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. I'm just kidding. (laughs) As soon as she reminded me of it, I'm like, this is going to come out in the Facebook group. It's just, it's going to happen. That is, that's seriously amazing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't have any stories like that, unfortunately. I wish I would have sent something to, to, (laughs) to, uh, Princess Leia. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with it? Carrie Fisher. But uh, <laughs> she would have been a lot older by that point, though. So I was gonna say. I um but as a I kid, your mind me. doesn't really think about characters and actors. I don't <laughs> right. think no, not at all. She's still this age, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. 
Ben, what I had a saying? crush on Obi Wan. I was just gonna say that, but it's fine. <laughs> I had a crush on Jango Fett. If that counts for anything, because Jango Fett was awesome. Just yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, <laughs> I was like, why did I invite these guys to be in my Oh podcast? no, no, I would never. I love <laughs> this. Is fun. Um, let's see. <laughs> Drew says I'll Venmo to see this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Josh, I will too. I think everybody in here would. Um, okay, I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip a little bit here. Ali says, I'm I'm out, but this has been a great listen. All I have to say is not the younglings. Yes, I, I agree. Oh Thank gosh. you so much for joining us, Allie. We loved having you, and we hope to have you again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, let's see. Josh says, when he is training Ray, about to – okay, I guess he's talking about Luke. About Luke. Did I miss yeah. something about Luke? Yeah. He was responding um, to um, – the I served the light comment and he said it was in Last Jedi, like something similar. And I was like, Oh, he says, Holy smokes, Luke says something like that in The Last <laughs> Jedi. Okay. So he when when he is training Ray about the force, he says uh he says that uh to say that if the Jedi die, the light dies is vanity. Can't you feel that? Yeah. So good. I love that line so much. Uh he of course changes his mind about the Jedi, but the sentiment that the Jedi don't own the light is there. Which is why Luke is amazing. Um, let's see here. I think Ryan Johnson is technically my favorite Jedi, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Ryan. Uh, okay, podcast. yeah, Drew did say. Okay, so Drew <laughs> did say director, uh, uh, director, directory, director of photography. Um, yeah, so that I don't know. I kind of view them all as like the same. I don't know. In my mind, I, maybe I'm I'm kind of a noob here, but like in my mind, they're all very. All three of the prequel movies are very similar, filming wise. I could be Curry. Go. Yes. So I think um, Phantom Menace. I feel like is kind of like they were experimenting with CGI. So there was a lot of practical. I think visually it feels more like the original trilogy than the mm-hmm. other trilogy. Attack of the Clones, while also visually groundbreaking a lot of parts, entire like relies way too much on green screen. Yeah. yeah. Scenes specifically where like Mace Windu, Yoda, and um, Obi-Wan are walking down like a Jedi. I like, know exactly what you're talking about. I never noticed it until this last rewatch. But it's so painfully apparent mm. that it's early green screen technique. Um, but I think the best balance of the practical effects and like the digital filmmaking um, comes to a head in uh, Revenge of the Sith. I think Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith is the most visually striking of the three films. So I would have to give it to that one. Yeah. I think you like this movie or something. Yeah, I'm like anxious to get to it. But I want to yeah, we do. We're about that's why I'm trying to get through these. I'm like, we, we're almost there. Okay, good. Um, okay, across the start, I'm just going to I'm just going to skip a couple here. Uh, Drew says, y'all know how I feel about Across the Stars. Across, and then Josh says, Across the Stars is more romantic than anything we see on screen. Yes. Okay. So that's jo- that was Josh that said that the other day to me. Um, Drew says it was in our wedding. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that so much. Um, okay. Let's see here. Uh, Josh says, I would actually say the star-crossed lovers idea from uh, for them was great. The writing was just pure. And uh, – poor and i i i agree i love the idea it just wasn't executed great yeah um let's see yeah okay let's just go um 
Josh says, love it. Hayden is a hottie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that note, I'm just kidding. And on that note, so Andrew says kinda, keep Mace dead. So just want to say that. Hashtag keep Mace dead, which is something that keeps getting brought up and I wish would just Canonically stop. alive because George Lucas said he could be. So there. Um, Curry. <laughs> Uh, there's a door over there. You can just leave. <laughs> Maybe he'll be in flashbacks of the Obi-Wan thing. <laughs> come back. I'm kidding. What if you actually didn't come back? Okay. Like, hey, man, thanks for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot, bro. So let's actually get to it because we've talked about, I feel like we've kind of talked about um, Attack of the Clones some also. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. We all really just want to talk about it. That's the only thing I wanted to say. What? The whole battle of Genosis was great. That's all oh, it's awesome. The battle of Genosis and the part that y'all brought up earlier where Anakin's mom dies is so powerful and like so important and so well done. And then um, the music is also amazing. And then my favorite part is the Obi-Wan um, storyline with um, Kamino and Jango Fett and everything. Mm-hmm. That's yes, 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 yes. Part yes. of the entire movie. I love Detective Obi-Wan is like the best. And we see a lot of that in Clone Wars also. It's just yeah, ugh, so yeah. good. I so love it so charges. much. The only yeah. thing about the Camino part is that it created a big plot hole in Star Wars for a long time. Did well, it really? Or are you just saying plot hole? So, yeah, I'm probably using plot hole a little loosely there. It created a plot issue at least. Oh, um, I think I know what you're talking about now. The sifo thing makes no sense without Clone Wars. It yeah, was, I think it might even be in the EU. It was inferred that Count Dooku posed as Sifo-Dyas to get the uh, okay, yeah, and they don't explain that in the Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. So it was so the EU filled it in, um, or the legends, and then it wasn't until like season six of Clone Wars we get backstory on that, which fixes the issue for me. But I also think that's I mean, a lot of people didn't watch Clone Wars, so right, and that's yeah. kind of but they movie. should. They but should. they should. If you, have, should. if any of you in this chat have not seen Clone Wars, get on it and Rebels too, for that matter. Yes, yes. So oh good. my gosh, you know, I love. I watch those parts and I'm like, man, they should have explained this because even then, it's still super vague what happened. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I love, I love the Camino stuff and and the the fight between Obi Wan and Jango Fett is chef's kiss. Um, but. Yes. There are good things in Attack of the Clones, but we really got to talk about Revenge of the Sith. I would hate to not talk about it. So let's go. Curry, I know you're itching to talk about this. Why don't you just go for it? And then, Jessica, you'll go next. Man. Well, a little more backstory. Don't talk so, about it. Don't talk about all the movie, though. It's going to be really hard. And try. Fun. Just try your best. <laughs> hard. So takes us line by line. Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! Um, he quotes the entire thing. <laughs> oh, really quick, Drew says, "Guys, I have one super important question to ask. Please ask it, my friend." Go for it. Okay, no, no. Okay, now you go for it. He'll he'll type it out. Oh, okay. Um, so a little bit more backstory. Uh, I got married on May the fourth. Uh, Heck yeah! In my wife's idea, and like we did a giant lightsaber battle, and all that. Um, but and. What a nerd. That, that really was just a cool thing I wanted to say and brag about. But anyway, <laughs> but anyways, Empire, Empire was my favorite for like probably the past decade. I think like objectively speaking, 
like from a like a critical standpoint, there's less to complain about in that one than any other Star Wars movie. Um, subjectively, you bring that in, and it's like, okay, I can see why like A New Hope's a lot of people's favorites, Return of the Jedi, um, Empire, and largely I'm seeing Revenge of the Sith was a lot of people's favorites nowadays. It's pretty interesting. I have two friends recently who. Uh, it's their first time watching through the saga and both of them say Revenge of the Sith is their favorite, which I find super interesting because they don't have any nostalgia like tying like right. or anything. Um, it's definitely my most rewatched uh, prequel movie, but I finally on this last one, I was like, this movie makes me feel something more than any other Star Wars movie does. Yeah, And I think that's because somehow in like 140 minutes of screen time, I can totally buy with or without Clone Wars or the novelization, which is also fantastic, by the way, of the movie. Um, with or without those things, I totally buy that this hero that we've seen kind of have really dark times and fall. We, we, I buy his fall. I buy his turn. Mm-hmm. I buy wanting to do something to save my wife um, and like doing the darkest things. And like the context is richer for me. The political maneuvering is richer for me. Um, I don't care what anyone says about the choreography. I think it's brilliant. I think it's entertaining. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I think it's also the tragedy that adds to it. I love how the first, like, Michael, I think you may have said this in our last, um, like, debate that we did about a ranking. The first, like, 20 minutes of that movie is such a good opening. It feels like a Clone Wars episode. Like, I literally, like, feel like right after, like, Anakin kills Dooku, like, you could add the Clone Wars credits and then start where they're in the elevator shaft. Like it works really well. Absolutely. I also think that the Siege of Mandalore um, at the end of the Clone Wars kind of reminded me how much I really adored Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith because uh, that is such a great arc of Clone Wars. Um, I, it, without going in too much of the movie, I'll jump in where you guys bring some things up because I don't want to. I don't want to dominate the conversation, but. I just think that there, there's so many lightsaber battles, there's rich character development, there's a fantastic yeah. score, um, and you really feel for the characters, like, oh, like don't, Anakin, what do you, no, yeah. stop. And Obi-Wan, yeah. his whole arc is awesome, and there's just some really cool things in the movie, and it mm-hmm. makes my number one. Awesome, dude. I agree. Jessica, how about you? I agree. <laughs> I don't know what else to really say. It's I think it's it's so thematic and just a beautiful movie and I feel like I want to cry or cry every time because it's just super emotional. Um especially when Obi-Wan says you were my brother Anakin, you just feel it. Oh my you gosh. know like seriously. Freaking you and McGregor. Yeah. And it just makes the turn his turn so much more um, powerful in a sense because you see how it really affects mm-hmm. everyone else. Um, and I didn't realize until maybe a couple years ago that when they put the him in the like in his suit, like the Vader suit, that he said Padme, like help me as words his last yeah. words, and that just is like so crushing to think about mm-hmm. and he, here is my hot take on this people talk about how they think it's ridiculous that padme died of a broken heart and that she was stronger than that whatever i'm sorry but anybody really could die from a broken heart it just 
she loved him and she believed in him and she just didn't think that would happen. And I mean, I'm sure there were other points to why she died, but I don't think that makes her not a strong woman character just because of that. And I get really tired of people making that seem like she's weak um, for yes. having emotions. And yeah. I, I, get I totally that. agree. That last thing you just said, I totally agree with it's, I think it's dumb to say anyone is weak for having emotions. That's a stupid mm-hmm. thing to say, but, but I do think that there's something to be said about the execution of it because I'm like, she has been proven to have, to be a woman with emotions. She's already shown that she has emotions. She's shown to be a strong woman. She has two kids now. I feel like, I feel like she should have had all that all they would have had to do was something like a physical, an actual physical like diagnosis for her. Yeah. And there probably was and they just didn't go into it. But I don't know. I feel like it makes it even more of that like off like space opera type thing. Like it's so dramatic. Like it crushed her soul so much for him to I mean we also do what he did. In, in Romeo and Juliet, like one of the greatest tragedies ever written, we buy that these two teenagers love each other after like a week of knowing each other and then mm-hmm. kill themselves when like they think the other one's gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like, I think when you're looking at it from an opera perspective or like a Shakespearean perspective, it's, it's, there's a, po- there's a poetry. Pretty there. par for the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also an interesting fan theory that I don't believe, but it's, I still want to bring it up that Palpatine was actually like, sucking the life force from Padme and putting it into Anakin and like maybe that played into it. I don't think that's true, but it's an interesting thing. That's a stretch. I'm getting tired of people de- just messing around. <laughs> well, with there was more evidence for it in, in Legends. Like, yeah. That happened more often. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But you also have to consider that, I mean, the entire, her entire world collapsed, right? The secret yeah. came out. She was pregnant with two kids she got she did get force choked and attacked by her husband so it turned into domestic abuse and he slaughtered her kids again and on top of childbirth yeah they did say i think i think where i think a lot of people get hung up and michael you might agree with this is where like the robot says for reasons we can't explain we're losing her right that's all it is like all they had to do here's my issue is that like all they had to do, it's not that she died. It's not that it's not that she died is the problem. She has to die, right? Like because of the story, the way it goes. She has to die. But like I have an issue with I don't know if y'all have seen have y'all seen Lost? No. Have y'all seen Lost? Yeah. So at the end of the show, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but okay. at the end of the show, two characters die. And they they're like this couple that has been a, like separated for a long time. And they're and they're apart for a long time. They finally get back. They finally get back together. But they actually have a kid. Um, they actually have a kid, and the kid is not currently with them. But they both, um, one of them is in a submarine drowning, and the other one is trying to save the other one. And he has the choice to go, to go to save himself so that he can be there for his daughter. But instead, he opts to stay with his wife and drown so that his daughter her, so that they they die together which is beautiful except that they have a daughter and that just like gets on my nerves like padme like she knows she has twins 
And so it's like, if you die of a broken heart, if you die of losing the will to live, like you should have will to live. You know what but I mean? she might have used but, her last will to live to have the children. And, and I feel like fair. they yeah. were premature. If that's, you think about it, she okay, was not I can, ready. I can get on board with that more than anything, yeah. but like, I don't yeah. like the explanation. Uh, to me, it should have been, she died from childbirth. Like she died during childbirth or so, like, I, I don't like the explanation that they give. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't satisfy would, me. I don't think that would work for me in, in a world, a fictional world with the technology we see and that force healing is definitely a thing in legends as it is in the new canon. Like, I don't think like dying in childbirth would have worked for me. Mm-hmm. I think, I think a more like metaphysical, like thing, like kind of like a spiritual thing. Like mm-hmm. she lost the will to live. Josh Mesker actually said in the comments, he said, losing the will to live is a real medical event too. And I, and I know, I know so, that. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't mean to like lecture or anything like that. Not at all. I don't know if you've ever got, have you guys ever seen the movie Somewhere in Time? No. Chris no. Uh, the fantastic, like romantic movie. Um, I don't really want to spoil the end, but someone someone in the movie dies of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. Like the way they showcase it in that film actually helped Revenge of the Sith for me. Hmm. It's such um, a sad movie. It's so good, but it's so sad. It, it, there's a beauty in its ending. You guys <laughs> watch it. You really should. Christopher Reeves is amazing. Um, but at the Did same you say time, Christopher Reeves. Yeah, Christopher Reeves. Is, um, he's great. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually my mom's favorite movie, so it makes me think of her too. But anyway, um, well, one yeah. of So that doesn't, and Josh just said it, that doesn't make her a weak character. I don't, I mm -hmm, do not think that ruins her character by any stretch of the imagination. I just am not satisfied with, for reasons we can't explain. The movie, too, like how when she reveals Anakin that she's pregnant, like Anakin is when it says, Well, that's wonderful. And she's only worried, she's only concerned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, pregnancy. um, I don't know if any of the, do any of you have kids? You're the only one currently. Okay. Well, like seeing my wife go through pregnancy and like, like it's an emotional time. It's a, it's a journey, right? Like there's a lot of worry at the beginning, like when your world is changing, like mm-hmm. that helped me see things a little bit differently, but also they built this whole relationship on that. They can lie and still have their way, but mm-hmm. this is a consequence of, of a consummate relationship is that mm-hmm. happened. So there's this worry and this anxiety there. And we also, we can't reject like what our real world expectations of what a mother and wife should do onto a fictional character. I think we have to be careful there. But also she, with her dying breath, she still birthed her kids into the world mm-hmm. and gave them names and like asked Obi-Wan to train them. Yep. You know? So I think there's actually a power in, yeah. like, she lost her will sure. to her. But I understand why some say the execution could have been a little bit more, but I, I don't think the actual way she died is really a problem. Right. And I sure. think that also we have to also take into account, like, like Michael, you were talking earlier about how, you know, Padme is somebody who has always fought for the people and always poured everything into fighting for the people. And everything that she's been fighting for, she literally watches fall apart yeah. just before everything happens with Anakin. It's like, it's like just before all of that, literally everything she's poured her life into just begins to crumble right in front of her. Yeah. So and like, he almost killed her too. And so. he almost killed her. Yeah. So it's like it's like literally she just lost the will to even like live. And I think that it's like I I, I agree that maybe the execution could have been better, but I do think that I much prefer what we got in the 
um, explanation of that she died of a broken heart okay. to a physical thing. So you guys, that's good. Michael's guys, like, no, 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 no. Actually, <laughs> actually the opposite. Actually, I was about to say, you guys have kind of convinced me that it really was just the execution. Like, cause um, Ben, I really like that point. I really, really like that point a lot. And it just, it makes sense if she, if you take into account everything that she has worked for and everything that she loves is now just gone to hell essentially. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I can, I can say, I can see that. And I will always, I will also say it's just, it must just be the execution for me then Mm -hmm. because, because her, that's one of the reasons why her character is so strong is because of all of those things that she has done that she's worked so hard for. And, um, and it makes it so tragic. Also, mm-hmm. her her dying in that way is more tragic. It's more tragic yeah. than she died in, t- in childbirth. So, I, I'm I can be with you guys on that. It just was not executed nearly well enough yeah. for me. But and I think that Mesker t- brought up a good point too. He said, "Hey, it's better than somehow Palpatine returned." Sweet Lord, anything's better than that. <laughs> yeah, I anyway. didn't mind it. Y'all are all gonna hate me, but I didn't mind. No, it's it. Jessica, I'm happy you didn't mind it. Me, I wish I didn't. That's this our is thing. why. That's our it thing. was one of my theories that actually came true. Was that Palpatine was actually still around? Okay, so like die. that's so like that's my problem with the movie. It felt like <laughs> it felt like they went on Reddit and was like, okay, some interesting theories here. Which one should we do? <laughs> We'll take people, Jessica's. Put <laughs> it out there, though. People hate the prequels for like giving too much exposition, but then the sequels give us none. No, we have to go, find, we have to go read yeah. books to figure out why Palpatine came back. It's just, That's the thing. It's, it's like they don't explain it remotely in the movie. I could be on board with it. Like I really could be on board with it. Somehow, they the just, keyword is somehow is literally what they say. And then they and then they think that the that bringing in the line from Revenge of the Sith, you know, the dark side of the Force is a path many consider on or to things many consider to Mm -hmm. be unnatural, and that's the explanation we get. Like that's to not think though that somebody that egotistical and power didn't have a contingency plan. I mean, but tell me what the contingency was. I need to know. I just need to know. I just need to. I just need more of an explanation than they gave. I'm open. Whenever I saw the trailer, I was actually really excited for to see. I was too. Wow, was how'd Palpatine come back? That's weird. I thought they were going to explain it. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, wow, they didn't explain that at all. I'm yeah. very unsatisfied. I was so open to it. Yeah, yeah. it could have. I guess great. I just took it as he's super powerful. And the actual Clearly. big bad of Star Wars yeah. and the cloning. I don't know. The I'm not saying it age. wouldn't have helped if they didn't explain it more. It would have, but yeah, it I guess since my mind was already there, I, I just kind of went with it. I envy you. I think for me, too, like the issues it creates, which I'm more okay with now after a lot of research, and like how it messes with the prophecy of the Chosen One and Anakin bringing him out to the Force and like diminishing what he did. That was a huge issue for a lot of people too. But. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But uh, let's get back to Revenge of the Sith because we've only talked about the Padme dying thing. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, no it was a, that was actually a really great conversation. I love that. Yeah. Um, it just irks me when people use that. And yeah. I'm not trying to sound bad about this, but it's normally like men critiquing her character in that way. 
And I'm like, it's not fair for you to say that that part takes away all of the rest of her just because she gave up and died. So I think that I also think that Padme is an incredibly strong, like female character that we don't, that we just literally don't give enough credit to. Yeah. And um, so you can see so much foreshadowing of Leia from her. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So much of her is in Leia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love both of them so much. (laughs) Um, Oh, I miss Carrie so much. Star Wars is not short so on sad. on great female characters. No, nope. and that's what irked me. Sorry to get to the to the the sequels, but everyone was like, "Oh, finally, Ray, like this great, powerful woman character." And I'm like, "Have you never watched Star Wars?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> we've had many of them. Like, <laughs> sweet yeah. lord, yeah, I don't those know. people but clearly people have never seen that, a Star Wars and I'm movie. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, going back to Revenge of the Sith, I'm not serious. Thank you. Thank you. No, you, no, I think that's really a good point. What you said, Jessica, and I, I really appreciate that because I feel the same way. Um, but an underrated scene in uh, Revenge of the Sith that is actually—I never pronounced his name right. Is it Ian McDermott? How do you say his last name? I think you said it right. I think that's right. I think you did say it right. Or McDermott. McDermott. His favorite scene to film in the entire prequel trilogy is the scene where the this is a pathway to many abilities some consider unnatural. This, uh, the, like the scene where they're actually at the space opera. <laughs> so good. You so, have heard. That is such <laughs> an underrated scene with the, I think, mm-hmm. the best dialogue and the best acting, some of the yeah. best acting in the entire prequels because it gives Palpatine's backstory perfectly through exposition that set up story, like from a story perspective, because he's telling Anakin and the way he's just, perfectly manipulating Anakin yes as yeah. a setup and we don't Brilliant. know how we don't know how he um found out that he was she, he was married to uh Padme I think there's a legends book that covers that but it was like someone on Naboo he had resources because yeah. he's from Naboo. Mm-hmm. but it's just so delicious he just chews up the scenery and he does it's so deliciously evil brilliant that I yes love it I just love it yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That scene is incredible. I used it to to kind of, to kind of mock uh, the, the other movie we were just talking about. But oh yeah, actual. I, know, I agree with you though. The actual scene itself that it, that in Revenge of the Sith is absolutely phenomenal, and we get that Palpatine mm-hmm. score too. That weird like whoa, <laughs> yeah. uh, guttural little weird throat choir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jellyfish opera, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> jellyfish opera. Then like the crowd randomly claps every time one like does a circle. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I would love to know what was going through his mind. Like he writes this amazing scene, like this awesome, incredibly intricate, like probably the best dialogue he's ever written. Yeah, and then he's like. Now, what I want them to watch is jellyfish swimming in the air. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of those, like, music equalizers on Windows? <laughs> I want that playing in the theater. <laughs> I want it to be kind of a, a, a mix between that and a lava lamp. <laughs> hey, it's better than droid football, though, right? 
It is so much better. It's because just, we can't explain it. We it's can't like, explain it. It's so not here. Like it's well, totally okay. something that would be there. But it's just I would love to know what was going through his mind. It's also totally that. something that space politicians would go to. Like I totally yes. buy that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, like you go sure. just because it's like classy, but it's right. you know oh, actually yeah. really sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but oh um, man, yeah, that seems amazing. Ben, what? Yeah. I was going to say, um, so Revenge of the Sith is actually the movie that made me, like, I loved Star Wars already, but, like, Revenge of the Sith is what started me down my path of, like, obsession with Star Wars, um, where I was, like, you know, running around in the woods with my fake lightsaber and, like, or just a stick, you know, if I didn't <laughs> have a lightsaber because I broke it hitting a tree. Um, and, you know, like I <laughs> like I would literally just like run around and pretend I was a Jedi outside after I watched that movie. I literally memorized all of Obi-Wan's lines from the um, fight between him and Anakin. And then my friend memorized all of Anakin's lines and we would like reenact it, like not the choreography because, you know, we aren't we weren't crazy prodigies or anything. But, like, it was just, like, you know, we both loved each of those characters. And so we just, like, role-played that fight, like, over and over. And then, like, um, I mean, that also led to me, like, playing some more, like, video games. Like, playing Knights of the Old Republic and playing the Episode 3 video game where, like, you actually go through and, um, like, kill Jedi and stuff in the temple. I replayed that level the other day. Yeah, it's you're like, wow, this is dark. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways. That actually um, is one of my criticisms of Revenge of the Sith. It's, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. And actually, I've actually bumped it up into one of my favorite films of all time because it just mm-hmm. impacted it on me. But one thing that I wish we would have seen more of that I think the Obi-Wan series will address through flashback is I wish we had seen more of Anakin's assault on the temple. Like mm-hmm. they get there, you see everybody getting killed. There's a deleted scene of him stabbing Shakti and killing Shakti. Mm. Um, oh. But also, uh, yeah. But also, uh, I just wish we had seen him, like, fight more of the Jedi. I don't know yeah. if they did that to tone down the violence or tone down the darkness because it was such a heavy film already. You think I they would have just him. let him kill some Jedi, maybe not some kids. <laughs> right. But it's like, you know, have the runtime, it's like, do we need another 10-minute fight scene or do we need to establish, like, Anakin's, like, doing the darkest thing he can to throw yeah. himself into the dark side. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But that that is one of my criticisms, along with some of Hayden Christensen's wonky delivery of some of the lines near the end. They don't bother me as much as they used to, but... Um, you will not take it from me! <laughs> Liar! Liar! Just... I just cop out what they did the lines how Lucas told them to. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not that bad. I 100% believe that. Like I really believe that George was like, and, and it's the same idea as you were talking about Padme earlier being wooden. I totally believe that that's exactly what George told her to do. Yeah. George is not the best at actor directing. He's no, he's, he's never been. Um, that's never been one of his strong suits. And it's clear in that too. And I do believe that I think Hayden gets, you know, I think it's coming around now. I thank God, but um, the like love for Hayden is starting to come around a little bit, but I do think that he got a lot of hate um, and from me for a little while too, 
but like I do think it was unnecessary now that I think about it and because it I do think that a lot of it was more on George because I've seen Hayden in other things he's not a bad actor at all he's really not and so I actually think some of the stuff in this movie in particular he was awesome like really awesome and literally yeah. the only line that really gets under my skin, like, yeah, okay, I see what people are saying, is is literally one where he goes, if you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Like, there's just something about the way he says that. I'm like, you oh. underestimate my power. Okay, I can see it on that one a little bit. That one don't bother me much because it's at such an emotional height of the movie. But yeah, that's the only one that I'm like, mm-hmm. I okay, I can see that one. It's yeah. I don't ruin it, but eh. yeah. And I think with that argument of why some of it fell really flat or just weird is also with the romance aspect. I think if he had let the actors figure some of that out, like have have some actual chemistry, (laughs) it would have been, it would have been a lot better, but instead of letting them kind of like do their jobs, he was like, no, you got to say it like this, you know? So Ben, yeah. w- well done. Oh, thank you. Ben said, release the other Lucas cut. <laughs> <laughs> the one time we're going to say that. Yeah, right. Uh, Jessica, I think that's a great point. I like that a lot. Yeah, um, yeah I, I do I do think that it's, it's, it's a lot more on the... Uh, I do think it's a lot more on George than it is the actual actors. Because you have people like... Natalie Portman is mm-hmm. a potential... Is, is She's going to go on to win like Oscars. Samuel mm-hmm. L. Jackson is a great actor. Um, he's not great in Star Wars. <laughs> um, I don't think that's his fault. Um, I, I think what messed him up is he wasn't allowed to say the F word. Um, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, thing. Fair. I mean, he had the opportunities too. This party's over. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's right there. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I, I do think... Too dangerous this, to be left alive, mother <laughs> Right. And even you (laughs) but even Ewan McGregor was like somehow came out of this like look, I mean, he really was really great most of the time. At the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, there's some dialogue between Anakin and Obi-Wan, and it is real cringy. (laughs) Like the the part where they're like this happen. How did this happen? We're smarter than this. Like all that stuff, I find to be so silly and and not and very much like, yeah, that's a George special right there as far as that lines go. Me. That one doesn't bother me. It's not, it's not the worst. I'm just pointing out like even you and McGregor had lines to deliver. Yeah, that was like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but like. I do think that all of these actors are good actors. I don't think they're bad remotely. Well, and I think uh-uh. that's something that we've kind of brought up multiple times, but I think that actually on the actor's side, I think Ewan and I think that Liam Neeson also did a great job mm. with is that they both, instead of kind of struggling with the like somewhat Shakespearean tone of the movies, they just like embraced it you know, and they just oh, yeah. really leaned into it. And I think that because they leaned into it so much is why we get such great performance out of those of performances, especially in the case of Ewan McGregor. Yeah. He just really leans into the whole style that George was going for. 
And like he loves playing Obi Wan. Like he was stoked to play him again uh, for the show. I love him like, so much. I know. <laughs> I feel like we wouldn't get that show if it wasn't for him wanting to play him again. Yeah. So bad. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> and if you watch the uh, honestly, like I was gonna say, if you watch the like bonus features or whatever, you can just see his love. Like as he's uh, there's a documentary on. I can't remember if it's just about the Phantom Menace or if it's about all the prequels, but. There's a spot where there's a part where it shows the the prop guys going to Ewan to be like, these are your options for lightsabers. And Ewan gets to like choose his lightsaber that he gets to like that's gonna yeah. be Obi-Wan's lightsaber. And he's like giddy, like a school, like a schoolboy. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like it makes me love him so much. But I was gonna say y'all should watch that, but also you should just watch the movies because I can tell he's having a freaking blast. Mm-hmm. in the movies like he it, really does enjoy playing obi-wan kenobi like the phantom menace whenever he um whenever he's fighting maul right after qui-gon dies they literally oh. had to crank the camera down in speed because ewan was moving too fast that like it was too fast for the fight so literally that that scene's actually slowed down ewan was going faster than he is already in that fight scene that's and, insane yeah <laughs> they just work so hard. I think it just shows like the dedication, how much him and Hayden Christensen worked on yes. using their lightsabers. And it, it still to me is some of the best. Uh, oh God. Yeah. With As far as lightsaber oh, yeah. duels and stuff in, in all of star Wars. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the closest we really get, dare I say it is going to be Ray and Kylo. I mean, you can tell the dedication that Adam that Adam Driver puts into mm-hmm. and Daisy Ridley too. Oh yeah, the Last yeah. Jedi. I love that fight, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I was gonna read Josh's uh, Josh's quote or little message here. He says, "I'm gonna weep through the Kenobi show," and yes. I'm absolutely going to. I actually teared up when they announced that Hayden was coming back. That uh, yeah, yeah. I almost cried in Walmart. Real proud (laughs) moment of my life. You just sit down on the floor and. (laughs) I think we've all at least all cried in Walmart. What? (laughs) Yeah, the thing that's really clear, and I actually had this in my notes for Attack of the Clones, is Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen have excellent chemistry together yes. like that i 100 buy their relationship i buy the mm-hmm. frustrations that anakin has and that obi-wan has um mm-hmm. i buy i buy the tension that's between them but i also buy the love that is totally there too like they they mm-hmm. show it especially in revenge of the sith the love is there you know mm-hmm. and especially that last conversation between them before anakin falls Oh, so good. it's it's so good. It's just so like it's so heartwarming and like they really care about each other. And then and then Obi Wan at the end when he has the high ground, and mm-hmm. it's just when he says, "I you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you." It's just the I really gut wrenching man. Like I really do like cry like every time in that part. It's just crazy, but um. How, hey, uh, Curry, how are you doing on time, dude? I was actually going to prepare my closing statement. Please do. Uh, 
Cool. Yeah. Well, we're honestly, we, we should probably just go ahead and close. We should all prepare a closing statement mm-hmm. uh, just for the prequels in general. And, uh, and, and then we'll just wrap, we'll just wrap it all up because I feel like we've yeah. gone, we've gone a good length. I think this is great. Yeah. So go ahead, Curry, you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, the last point I want to say about Revenge of the Sith and I'll tie this into my kind of whole yeah, yeah. thing is I think, you know, one of the final nails in the coffin is, especially when you watch Clone Wars now leading up to Revenge of the Sith, all the little things that happen that makes Anakin distrust the Jedi and see the Jedi as like actually the evil entity that causes all these problems is, you know, when they ask him to spy on Palpatine and they make Obi-Wan deliver the news and even Obi-Wan, like, he says, I don't agree with it. I don't like it, but I'm still going to support them and Anakin's mm-hmm. trail there. And I think that right there, you know, leads to the scene where we get it's a scene that I, I don't often remember to talk about. It's like Padme and Anakin are almost like consents each other. Like one's in like the home and one's in the uh, building. Yeah. There's that yes. like that soft, like so vocal. Good. It's it's different from any other Star Wars music yeah. that I've ever heard outside of like the Clone Wars. The prequels are a tragedy. And yeah. I've seen complaints online like, well, the prequels were doomed from the start because we knew how it was going to end. And I think that's the beauty of them. You know, I think there's beauty in a tragedy because it's a tragedy, like seeing how these characters that you come to grow and love and fall on their face. But we also know there's hope, right? It brings a serious full circle to the original trilogy. And we know that Mm -hmm. literally is in the title of the next one. Um, And it it makes it mirror the original trilogy so well, because the original trilogy, the overwhelming theme, other than like family and like overcoming odds, and all is, is hope hope is like the fire that is, will burn down the first order whatever the line is. <laughs> whatever i like Not that quite it, but go ahead <laughs> whatever it'll ignite the spark okay go ahead super cheesy <laughs> i liked it because of how it connected to star wars overall yeah um but it, it mirrors it so well because you had to have this tragedy to set the stage for the originals yeah and well, maybe we didn't see as much Darth Vader as some wanted or some didn't like that he screamed no or felt certain things were too on the nose. The prequels have flaws. I think everybody's yeah. willing to admit that. But how the prequels overcome their flaws with their strengths, I think is what's important. And ironically, is the characters in Star Wars are all about overcoming their flaws to accomplish something greater. Oh. Yeah. So the prequels being able to do that in and of themselves makes them fantastic, makes them a beautiful tragedy to witness that makes them, in my opinion, an essential viewing uh, in order to rewatch the original trilogy because it gives so much more context. And I love them. Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie because it makes me feel all of the feels Mm -hmm. and it makes me see how much passion George Lucas had in bringing his world to life. Yeah. My friends is why Revenge of the Sith and the prequels are underrated underloved and deserve more attention that i'm glad they're finally starting to get mm-hmm. yes dude i love that's so beautiful <laughs> tears tears oh goodness uh do you need do you need to get off before we finish or do you want to i want to hear what you guys have to say okay awesome uh, awesome jessica how about you go ahead i sorry i'm thinking to make sure i have the right words um I just think that, first of all, Lucas 
picked in his mind a new hope to be star Wars because he thought this could be a huge flop. And this is the best movie that has a beginning and an ending. Right. So he does that whole trilogy and then people love it. And so we go back and we get these building blocks that show why that story is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really love especially how much detail they put into the sequels from set design, costumes, all of those things. It's just, it really builds what that world was like before the empire. And I think yeah. that's so important for them to do um, because you really see what was lost and what they're fighting yeah. to, to get back. Um, because you don't really see any of that. They just kind of talk about it and it's like the Jedi are gone, but to actually see what it was prior um, and how they fell, I think is, is so important. And it makes yeah. what's makes Star Wars special um, because you, it makes the original ones even more emotional and even more important to you. Yeah. Love that. I love it. <laughs> I love so the good. prequels. I always have. So yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. All right, Ben. I got made fun of it for a while, but you know, it's okay. I hey, you know okay. what? I understand. I I will I will be the I will have the last laugh on the last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, real quick, not not to come off snobby or anything, but I, I was I was I'm a film school graduate and I defended the prequels in film class, and there's no one snobbier than a film school like class of snobs going the prequels suck and you go i love them <laughs> that's I awesome you, i am with you i've been in the trenches i'm so appreciative that someone else loves them it's awesome yeah heck yeah yeah ben, um, yeah so yeah i mean the prequels are the ones that i grew up with and loved from a young age um for so many reasons i think that um like curry said it is like a it's it's a tragedy and it's funny like i'm watching the clone wars with my wife right now and um the other day something i can't remember what happened like but she was just like i just don't understand how this series can end well and there's that little part of me that's like do you not know when this ends because i'm like because <laughs> <laughs> like i'm like it's not going to i mean it's a beautiful ending but it's not going to end well necessarily <laughs> um it's you know Yikes. it is it's it's a tragedy it's very sad mm -hmm. um this whole era is very sad because it is like it is the downfall of the republic and the jedi and it's hard and it's really sad but like i think maybe that might be why i like it so much i tend to be drawn to um to i don't know like melancholy and sadness and tragedies because i think there's so much um beauty within it and so many lessons within it and so many things that um sadness can navigate that joy can't quite capture um and so it's just like there is a lot that i think the prequels have the ability to navigate in star wars that no other trilogy or movie really get to just because of the overall tone that they already you going into it you have that expectation of i mean we're about to see 
this kid turn into Darth Vader. You know, like we're about to see this Republic turn into an empire, turn into an empire. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard and it's horrible, but it's also like so good. And I, you know, I share the same feelings of like, I loved these movies. They're literally what sparked my obsession with star Wars. And I love that, you know, there's kind of a renaissance of the prequels. Um, I wish that it wasn't just in, I wish that some of it wasn't just in light of the sequels. Like I wish that people could just love something for the sake of it being good and not like, wow, I can't believe how lucky we got it then or whatever. But like, you know, I think there's also just, it's just because of the fact that a lot of the people who grew up watching the prequels are people in media now and are actually like, Hey, actually I love these movies. (laughs) It's not just a bunch of people who grew up watching the original trilogy. Like this is everything against what I grew up with and all that. But anyways, I think that these movies are great. They're great movies. And even the weak points and the weak parts of it, um, the overall vision that they set out to accomplish is still very successfully achieved. And I think that the fact that Star Wars can pull out that accomplishment, um, even with poor directing and sometimes shoddy acting, um, probably because of that, is honestly really, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Dude, I I love everything you guys just said. I don't have a whole lot to add to it except that obviously my story is a little bit different with the prequels. I definitely went through a hater phase. Um and I would call it a hater phase. I I <laughs> I'm uh, Brooks Brooks is on uh, we have him on pretty often here and he's been a fan the entire time of the prequels and I used to give him a whole lot of crap about it uh back in the day. Most of, most of it was all in good fun, but um, I have I'm so happy that I have grown to love these movies because honestly, it when people talk about now now especially like having this perspective on it, when people talk about how you know the prequels were like are against everything that I grew up watching with with the original trilogy. This is not Star Wars. All that. I completely and fundamentally disagree with it because it the prequels set up the roadmap to lead from Anakin at the very beginning of his life. We see him as an innocent child. We see him as good. We see him as good natured, actually. Mm-hmm. We see him make the wrong choices at a lot of different points uh, growing up. And we see how tragic it was that he lost the the father figure that he really needed, um, which I'm so glad that Dave Filoni explained that that way. It's just so mm-hmm. beautiful. But, and then we see in the, we see him turn to Darth Vader. And then in the original trilogy, we see him as Darth Vader. And at the very end of it, we see him, we see Anakin come back and save Luke from Palpatine the person who had manipulated him for so long, he ends up being the one to destroy him as Anakin. Yeah. That story is so much more powerful with the prequels existing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it was yeah. awesome to begin with. Like it was, it, but that's what it was. It was awesome. 
but now it's powerful. Now it is like yeah. chill inducing. Like literally I have chills right now because that's my favorite scene of all time in Star Wars, by the way. Um, <laughs> but it's that way because of the prequels. I love yeah. that scene that much because of the prequels. And uh, and uh, The Last Jedi is one of my other favorites and it is as powerful it is, as it is because of the prequels and in large part because Ryan Johnson does not shy away from the prequels in that movie. And I really appreciate that. And so to me, the prequels are so important to the Star Wars universe. It's so they built out the world so much. And because they built out the world that much, there's so much to explore in the newer stuff that we haven't even gotten to yet because like I, that we haven't really gotten to spend much time on before, uh, you know, because of like all the different mm -hmm. planets and all the different species and all the different, you know, political aspects and stuff. I just think that all of that is so important to the DNA of Star Wars. And so now I can honestly say I am just like, I am pro prequel. I think Attack of the Clones is tough. It's really hard for me mm -hmm. um, on a lot of levels. But even that one, I find a lot to love in it. I really do. Um, mm -hmm. Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith are special for me. Like I just yeah. love those movies. And um, yeah, I'm I'm glad. Honestly, y'all, this was so much fun getting to just like talk about this. And and I really think we had a lot of good like in depth conversation about some parts I never would have thought we would have had in depth conversations about. Which is, oh. I'm so glad <laughs> that you guys could join us. So thank y'all yeah. so much, uh, Jessica and Curry. I have one last thing. Yes. <laughs> The emotion that I have mentioned repeatedly from the prequels is all summed up. I hope you can hear this in this track from Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Is that from Order 66? That was like a moment of silence on the train. That was great. But that, the mm. Order 66 theme, I think the, the track is Anakin's Betrayal. I love John Williams so much. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh it encapsulates the tragedy of the prequels perfectly. And yeah, it does. Yeah, I just wanted to end on that because I forgot to mention it earlier. So. Amen. Yeah. So uh, we, we, I do want to go through a few. We have a few comments mainly, mostly from Josh here. Do you, do y'all have time to look at those or do y'all need to go? I got, yeah, I can say a couple more minutes. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so let's see here. Uh, Josh says, Daisy and Adam have amazing chemistry, some of the most dynamic writing and acting in the whole saga. I completely 100%. Agree. They're incredible together. Yeah. Um, in in all three movies, actually. I really, yeah. They yeah. are they are the thing that works the most in- In every one. In, really in every one of them, but The Rise of Skywalker in particular. Like if I'm yeah. trying to find like the things that work the most in that movie in particular, because that's the hardest one for me, Mm -hmm. yeah. Their stuff is always incredible. I have very rarely any uh, critiques about their scenes together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have critiques about other scenes with Ray in them, like the dagger, but we'll get, we'll move on. Let's see here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we need to talk about that, Curry? <laughs> We'll save it for another stream. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's not. It's not the worst. I think it was. Well, anyway, it's very. <laughs> we. Yeah. I. I really shouldn't go down a rabbit hole of talking about that movie. I'm talking I, about execution. There's some issues there, but I, yeah. the idea, I don't mind. Yeah. The idea, I mind. Um, make it worse. Michael. <laughs> Michael. 
the book makes it a brother sister thing which is really creepy to me but oh which no I strongly disagree with right same Ew. oh my god so is it like a is it like a is it one of those mirrors that star wars always does so it's mirroring luke and leia yes yeah, mirroring <laughs> luke and leia so, no, guys. It's, thing. So, where? When are we gonna have? So, so what scene are we gonna have them, the brother and sister kiss in this trilogy? <laughs> like, oh my God, is that a conversation they have to? I have? mean, it shows how Lucas didn't really know what direction he wanted to go, so we can't be too harsh. Exactly. On the prequels. Exactly. I mean, the sequels. The sequels. Or the any prequels of them. were the prequels were pretty rock solid with that, but which is like, for real, I really think that. But the, uh, the, yeah, the original trilogy, there was definitely a few parts that was like, ooh. My bad. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, let's see. Chloe said, checking out, but had fun tuning in. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks all. Chloe, welcome. I, I guess you're new to the group, potentially. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for stopping by and looking forward to. to- she, she's also one of my besties. Had to invite some girls. Yeah. And we appreciate <laughs> that. And we did have some awesome girl representation in the chat tonight as well. Yeah, we did. Maybe yes. I'm I'm very happy about that. That was awesome. Um, Josh said prequel trilogy world building and mythology are great. Execution struggles throughout. However, most of the high points are done very well. Visually wonderful. Ewan became uh, Ewan became Obi Wan, and it doesn't even feel weird when we get to Alec Guinness in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. That is so true. He totally. So true. He feels like he's he's his own version of Obi-Wan, but at the same time, that's still the same Obi-Wan. It honors his character. Yep. 100%. Um, Josh says, I still have the episode one poster where Anakin is standing in the sand. Invader's shadow is behind him. That is an amazing poster. Do y'all know the one he's talking about? My brother has it in his bedroom. Oh, my gosh. It's one of the most iconic Star Wars posters. It's so good. I actually forgot about that one. I need to get it. Um. Let's see. Josh says there isn't a categorically bad Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I feel like I find stuff to enjoy in all of them, even the ones yeah. that frustrate me the most. I find stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I list. I was talking to to some people the other day. Like I guess it was a few weeks ago about um, Rise of Skywalker, and like I'm th- we were just talking about like what is our least favorite part, or what is our what are our favorite parts in our least favorite Star Wars movie, and that I was able to list like a bunch of great parts in Rise of Skywalker. Like I really, yeah. really like a lot of things in it. Unfortunately, it's just like glued together by not good glue. I don't know. That was a bad analogy, but um are we state. turning into the people that uh saw the original and hated the prequels? No, <laughs> are I, we now the next generation? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I love. I really don't. Not I our love, Star Wars. <laughs> I love the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, like especially the Last Jedi. I love them a lot. I just thought Rise of Skywalker was a not a good, not a well. They missed. Movie. They missed some things. It was. Sure. Written, I don't. It was written weirdly, like kind of mm-hmm. sloppy. I don't think that. I think the big difference is that, like, any issues I have with anything in the sequel trilogy, it's not because I think it's like not star wars or like not my characters or anything like that it's literally it's more of like on a writing and um it's like on a writing and like overall direction of telling a story 
criticism than anything yeah. else you know mm-hmm. like that's that's what it is for me because like mm-hmm. i can watch it and enjoy it because it is star wars and because these ca- i i do love ray i do love finn i do love poe yeah. like they sold me Same. on the characters i think that's why i ended up being disappointed with rise of skywalker was because yeah. i loved those characters and i just wanted a little bit of a better ending for them and a little bit more well put together overall cohesive story and so honestly a lot of my frustration with it is because I really fell in love with the sequel trilogy in Same. the yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's really what it is. That's exactly what it is for me. It's it's not that. <laughs> it's like it just wasn't quite there. Yeah, yeah. It's like it. The sequel trilogy was actually doing really well to that point for me. I know a lot of people disagree, but for me, I actually truly love the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, and. I was like, just a third film to stick the landing would be awesome. And we, in my opinion, just didn't get it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if they had taken maybe a little bit more time because of Carrie's passing. Yeah. To maybe work it out more instead of trying to like keep it to the two year schedule. I think that could have maybe made a big difference, but it's Mm -hmm. like they were being forced maybe to, to get it out and it just didn't translate probably like they originally wanted it to. I, I agree. I think that could have been that might have been a wise decision for them to push it uh, to push it like six months or even a year. Like, yeah, that's a big deal. Losing losing Carrie Fisher is a massive blow to Star Wars. And even if they like even if they recast her uh, like that might have worked better for me mm-hmm. than what they ended up with. I felt I felt the weirdness in that yeah. scene in those scenes, you know? Yeah. But anyway, they did the best they could with what they had, but they I'm- definitely did. As far as like they went and chose this direction, which I don't necessarily think is like the best direction to go, but they did. They probably did the best job that they could have with that direction. I really yeah. think that. And, yeah. and some of it worked pretty good, actually, but not all of it. Something that hasn't been said, changing gears back to the prequels for a second, because I just reminded me because I was um, looking at something on my phone. Uh, the memes that we've gotten out of the prequels alone. <laughs> so worth it. <laughs> some of the greatest movies ever because so worth it. Absolutely. Uh Josh said, oh, Drew says, <laughs> I know this won't be going on much longer, but I'm finally homing up my laptop. Well, welcome to the show, Drew. <laughs> I'm glad you're home safe, truly. Um, Josh says, uh, the original trilogy changed a lot. Prequel trilogy is the only planned trilogy in that respect. It mm-hmm. definitely is, yes. Um, Drew says, not my Luke. Yeah, don't get me, <laughs> don't get us started, dude. <laughs> we have about 15 episodes where we discuss The Last Jedi. You can go listen to one of those about that. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have <laughs> like 15 episodes. We talked for three hours on with Josh Mesker. On we have a two, we have two part episode. Y'all should go listen to that. That's that's fun. That's good fun. Yeah. Are you, Michael, you're telling them to do it? I'm telling you to do it, do it, do it. Uh, <laughs> I forgot how funny that scene was until I watched it again today. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> All I could think of is the GIF, GIF, however people are, you're supposed to pronounce it, yeah. and just do it. <laughs> do it. I like whenever they're fighting and he's like, he's like, yeah. Like he's like cheering yeah. him on. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Have any of y'all watched the holiday Lego Star Wars holiday yes. special? I haven't. No. So good. Oh, you gotta watch it. It's, it's just silly fun. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> but I how they I do the Emperor is like almost how everyone makes him in all of the memes and yeah. stuff. So it's I, so I think, good. I think I I was under the impression, and I I think I'm wrong about this now with y'all talking about it, but I think I was under the impression that it was like a remake. It was a Lego version of the holiday special. It's oh, not so at that's all. That's not no. what it is. Okay. Cool. No. Yeah. And it I follows need, I, Ray the whole time. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely watch that. Then. Yeah, that sounds fun. Hey, yeah. On, on that note, guys, I really got to run. You got to, um, you got to go see your kid. <laughs> I leave you with this. I am the Senate. I have the high ground. And what about the droid attack on the Wookies? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Peace out. Y'all have a good see night. See you, man. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, just a couple more here. That was awesome. Uh, Josh says, I definitely think we need to be aware of uh, we need to be aware of that regarding the gatekeeping aspect. A new generation of fans love the sequel trilogy, and I do, and most I mostly do as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, this whole idea of like having people who are the right kind of Star Wars fan or yeah. people who are fans of this kind of movies are real Star Wars fans, and people who are fans of these aren't real Star Wars fans is a really toxic attitude and it's unfortunately really common um way too common it really mm. <laughs> it really like literally ruins my days sometimes <laughs> yeah and uh yeah i have to that that is what we strive for this group to not be um so i and i mm -hmm. hope we're i hope that's succeeding i think we're i think it's doing pretty good yeah. Um, let's see. Josh said, yeah, I strongly de defended the sequel trilogy the whole time. Yes, I did. Yeah. I even, even with the rise guy, I have my, my criticisms, but I will, I will defend the trilogy as a whole. I, I will too. Uh, Drew says, do it. Uh, <laughs> Josh says, this is one of the reasons why the rise of Skywalker bothered me to an extent, by the way, it didn't seem to reward those who defended the fan, uh, phantom awakens. Wow. The phantom spelled with, with phantom spelled with an F awakens <laughs> the force awakens and the last Jedi. What do y'all think about that? I think that's, I think that's actually, that's probably fair. That's exactly. probably really what I feel a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's fair or not, that's probably what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and then the Lego the holiday special is lovely. Life day is definitely still part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I will have to go back and watch that, but I really you need want to watch it. It's, a also, it's just fun. Yeah. I also want to watch the original I one. I watched though. it another oh, time with um, one of my nieces. She is two. Yeah. And her, so it's my brother in law and his wife, Jessica. So there's like two Jessica McNairs. Nice. And um, she, we, they already have taught her to do like the Wookiee. I'm not the Wookiee the Ewok call, which is mm -hmm. like the best thing ever as a little two-year-old. But uh, we got her to go zappy, 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 which <laughs> if you watch the Lego thing, you'll get it. It's oh, the best. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> to see her walking around doing that is like, was the best, one of the best parts of Christmas. I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> like a quick little explanation of that, Michael, is that they, <laughs> they played into the emperor being cartoony. And yeah. every time he used lightning, he goes, zappy, zappy, zappy. Like, <laughs> Is pretty funny. <laughs> so Man, she can... goes, zappy, zappy, zappy. 
It's really great. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch. I cannot wait to watch this. <laughs> this yeah, awesome. it's really funny. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, God. I had to throw that in there. No, that's <laughs> great. Yeah, that actually kind of enticed me to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, I will say, Michael, if you plan on watching the actual, like the original holiday special, just know that, like, you know me, I'm like really forgiving in a lot of things. It's legitimately the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. Like, (laughs) I've never finished it. I have never finished it. I have, like, I have gotten to a certain point, and then, like, I haven't been able to finish it. Like, I've watched clips from, like, the parts that I haven't seen necessarily, but, like... It's that bad. it's, it's, It's not just that it's bad. It's that they had to take up, like, what... It's, like, two... It's like two hours long, isn't it? It's like an hour and a half to two hours long. I haven't seen it, so it's I don't know. Generally, they had to take up this amount of time on TV, and like, it's two hours long. I mean, Michael, it's like an hour and a half to two hours. I think. Yeah, it's like a legitimately, it is a whole freaking movie that goes basically nowhere. <laughs> I, I mean, watch what? it. You just might need a drink with it. <laughs> I just wonder why they decided to even do it. Like, I don't know. It was, it was, they were, they were just catching on to, they're trying to catch the mad, that like magic that they got with the first movie. They're like, hey, got it. We want to give you a TV special. And like at that time, um, I listened to a stuff you should know about this actually. It was like, ooh, like literally at that time. <laughs> um, yeah, you should listen. It's pretty fun. Um, but like, um, these like, I think I don't know what it was called. It's like a like a clip show, not a clip show. It's different than that. But like these kinds of shows were actually really popular at the time, but they were also kind of on their way out. And so it was like they did this thing that was popular, but at the wrong time. And it was for Star Wars, and it, but it wasn't really Star Wars because it was a TV special and they had all this time to fill. And so it was just like. It was just bad. Uh, Well, I can't wait to watch it. (laughs) I'll just pass. It's fine. (laughs) I feel like I need to have watched. I I think what we'll do is we'll do a, we'll do an episode. We'll do an episode of the podcast. I'll, I'll watch it and we'll do a review of it. (laughs) I want to watch it. Michael, honestly, I want to watch it with you. Like, cause it's fun. That would be great. Let's do it. It's so bad. Like it's it's really funny because of how bad it is, but it's also like I don't think I've ever watched something that's so bad that I actually have a hard time at points keeping it on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh last comment here, Josh says this isn't about expectations not being met. To heck with expectations. It is about it is more about how a story was organically coming together. And the Rise of Skywalker at times tries to do too much reframing. It still feels quite jarring to me. Um, still, great moments, great acting, and it is growing on me. Yeah, I I'm pr- I pretty much echo all of that, except it's still not growing on me. I, I yeah. hope it does one day. It's it's actually getting worse on me every time. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not grown on me at all. It's actually gotten worse every time. Um, and uh but yeah i will i i i hope it does grow on me i will continue to watch it i've seen it like eight times it's not like i'm giving up on watching the movie i I really do watch all star wars all the time so yeah Um, but yeah jessica thanks so much for joining us seriously it's a lot of fun we'll have you on great having you on point 
Yeah. Um, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> you are here. And uh, Ben, do you have any other thoughts before we go? No, I think that I've said everything. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm going to, I'm going to end it right here. Thank y'all so much for joining us. And next week we will be back talking about, I'm not quite sure what yet. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> the holiday special, the holiday oh my special gosh. <laughs> in January, yes. in yeah. January. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Y'all thanks so much for joining us. And Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Real quick. Drew said, I just noted. Oh, and Travis did something. I'm sorry. I, I missed you, Travis. Star Wars holiday special is a cringy nonstop train wreck. Yeah. That's apparently that's what it, that's what I've heard. Um, and then Drew said, I just noticed Jessica with the cool Ahsoka shirt. Want to want to get one for my wife, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, that's a great shirt. I love that shirt. Already planning next visit to Galaxy's Edge whenever COVID goes away. And I'm, I'm definitely wearing this mm -hmm. shirt. So I'm planning my first. Same. You will love it. It's amazing. If you want, want any so tips. I'll give them all to you. <laughs> <laughs> I will. We will want tips. Absolutely. I will. I will be asking for sure. Um, and Josh, does, does he, I'm sorry. I got out of it. Does his wife like Star Wars? Uh, Drew, I, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, I, I think, I think she does. I believe if I'm not mistaken, Drew, correct us if we're wrong. I mean, I assume she is, if you want to get her an Ahsoka shirt. I, I you should get um, a book that I really love is Women of the Galaxy, and it's super beautiful. The artwork is amazing, and it, it's all done by women as well, and it's all the different characters throughout mm -hmm. Star Wars. It's That's just awesome. a cool yeah. book. I've seen that. I've, I want to get that for Sarah at some point. That's so cool. Drew it's says a good she's, one. A new, she's a new fan, but yes. Yeah, get her that awesome. book. It's good. That's awesome. And then... Uh, Josh, Josh says shameless plug, join the Adirem. Yes. Y'all join the Adirem. If you, if you enjoy, you enjoy our group, but you want like some more, some more, um, group, or you maybe you just want to join a much bigger group, join the Adirem too, because it's much bigger and, <laughs> and it's awesome. It really is. It's got mm -hmm. a lot of the same qualities as, as this one, as this one does. It's, it's a healthy group of star Wars fans talking about what they love. And I highly recommend joining the group. It's awesome. Yeah. And Josh, thanks so much for joining us for this entire three hours. <laughs> Seriously. So, all right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, may the force be with you. Always. Bye. <laughs>